episode of Read Me Romance is brought to you by Wall Street Titan, a new contemporary romance by New York Times best-selling author Anna Zares. Wall Street Titan is the super steamy story of a billionaire who wants the perfect wife, a cat lady in need of a date, and the case of mistaken identity that brings them together. Opposites attract, but can this last? Author Julia Kent called it fun, flirty, and dangerously hot. If, like us, you can't get enough of sexy alpha billionaires, quirky cat ladies, and flirty meet-cutes, check out this rom-com today. Go to AnnaZares, that's Z-A-I-R-E-S, dot com to get your copy, or find it on the Kindle, Apple Books, Audible, or Nook store. Go get Wall Street Titan today, lady listeners. Happy Friday, lady listeners. Welcome Great. back. Third time's a charm today for us to uh, start this podcast. <laughs> Technical difficulties, oh, but we're... That's okay. We're here. We're alive. We're going to make it. So, I forgot to tell you guys when we recorded on Monday, I got an email this morning that one of my all-time favorite authors who does like thriller suspense, her name is Angela Marsons. I followed her on Twitter. That was the only place that I could follow her. She's just, I don't know if like she just doesn't work like tons of technology or if it's just easier for her to just blast out a tweet when she's like, my book slap link. (laughs) That's just it. Like she's older. So I'm wondering like, I don't know how internet savvy she is or how well she does on marketing herself. For those of you who don't know, I did have Twitter. And I deleted it because as some people said some really awful things <laughs> So about um, when our books were taken down. So we just stayed off of it and I ended up deleting my Twitter. And I really miss it as in there were a few people that I followed that I really enjoyed following. And she was one of them. And mostly because her tweets were just like, my book is live here. And that was, that you know, like <laughs> if she ever she retweeted somebody else that she liked their book and normally I liked it too. So I made a point when I deleted it to sign up for her newsletter and I never do this. Like I, there are, there's like two authors I have signed up for their newsletter. One is Alexa Riley and the other is Lauren Donner. So I'm shocked that I did this, but yeah, so I signed up for her newsletter and I actually got a notification today that she has a brand new book that is live and I am so fucking excited. Like I can't wait to get off this chat and download this book oh, immediately and get into it. So yeah. Uh-huh. So let's wrap this up, guys, is what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. We got to get, we got a solid two minutes. I mean, that should do Just it. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. No, I know what that feels like. I know that feels yeah, like. So, yeah. So, so yeah, like I, I kind of miss out on, on seeing her updates and there's, you know, JK Rowling was on there too. And I, and I followed her under Robert Galbraith because I love the lethal white series that she does or the, um, the, um, Cormoran strike series. The last, the fourth book was called lethal white. And so I'm waiting on the fifth book and she usually announces dates on Twitter. So I'm going to have to like sign up for that newsletter now too. Like it's forcing me into it. Yeah, there's a lot of people. I, there's a lot of people I miss reading tweets from on Twitter as well. I don't. I don't go on. Mm-hmm. I still have my Twitter account, but I, I just avoid it. I probably go on every two months. To be honest, I just it's not mm-hmm. for me. 
it's too much of a distraction, yeah. you know, like there is, it, it you is. can follow you. There's a conversation, basically there's a topic, uh, the, a hot topic every day on there. And if you start following yeah. it and you start commenting, then you have to keep going back and re- responding to people that comment back. And I mean, then you just like glance up and it's four o'clock. So I yeah. just, uh, yeah. I just don't do it. It's too distracting. That's exactly but. what I, so I downloaded TikTok. Because I had heard a lot of people talk about it and like I'd seen some funny posts or whatever, like video clips from it. And so I was like, oh, I'll see what this is. And it's such a distraction because it's like it's Snapchat and Instagram kind of had a baby. But because like you can post stuff, but it's rare that you'll see it again unless you follow that person like on Instagram. But they're just these little quick video clips like Snapchat. My daughters made me do them with her before. Oh my God. Like I had to delete it. Like it is disturbing what's on there. Like is it really? Yes. There are young girls like doing very sexual things on there, like 13 year olds. And like the comment section is just men just saying oh, no. like, Oh God. Yes. It's like, and some of this like, Hey boys, this one's, this one's underage. Watch your comments or whatever. Cause they were like, you don't want to get banned, you know, but it's like they're telling each other, like, hey, just be careful what you say, but keep watching, you know? And it's just like, oh, my God, like, this is someone's daughter. Like, you know, and there's the – it's the big thing on there is for, like, the boys and girls to do videos together because all TikTok is all about you take a video clip and you put it to music. And so the music plays while you do the song or whatever. Yeah, that's what we did. I think we were dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And then what you do is when you do that, you, they give you, um, there's a thing at the bottom that scrolls along that tells you where the song is from and you can click the song and then it gives you every video of every person that's done that song. So there's like several very sexy songs that you can click on and it's just like girls doing these videos basically. And it's, most of them are underage. So, and I don't know how they get away with doing this. You gotta check. You and guys have to check your daughter's phones for TikTok. That's <laughs> basically right. what we're saying uh, to you. Yeah, I, it's like yeah. so. But the thing is, is like I did not have to give TikTok a single bit of information. I downloaded the app, and that's it. And you can see everyone's feed on that. I didn't give them my name, my email, my age. I didn't even have to lie. I gave them nothing. You download it, and you see the feed. If you want to create a page and upload TikToks, you have to do that. Like you have to create an account. And or if you want to like somebody or comment on somebody, you have to create an account. But I can see all of these videos of all of these young girls with one download. That's it. There's nothing restricting me from this. And it's terrifying. I'm all for free enterprise and um, I'm not necessarily in favor of censorship at all, but they I, they have to do something about internet protections for underage people because it's a it's just a playground for pedophiles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the thing is like the girls that uploaded these videos. I mean, I'm sure, I, and I don't know what the account process is. I don't know if you even have to give your age once you upload an account. I mean, some of them will say like, you know, I'm 15, I'm 14, I'm whatever, and it's like I'm in high school, or, you know, and like you can clearly see. I mean, I'm not putting this all on the girls. Like, clearly, there's boys that are being taken advantage taken advantage of in this situation. And there's plenty of adults on this website. Like, there's, but you'll even see the very, it's one out of every 50 is, a, is an adult, is a person I would say over the age of 25 that does a video clip. 
And even they're like, I know I'm too old for TikTok, but blah, 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 blah. Well, here's the thing. It's like, you know, it's just adults are not the target market for them. It's my daughter. And, you know, when somebody told me like this app was the, the one that was developed in Russia or whatever. And I was like, what? And they were like, oh yeah, it's like a whole big thing that like, they're just trying to get your information or, or something like you, they use your videos for other things. And I was just like, okay, this is, so I ended up, but it was a big time waster when I was on it. And then I was just like, oh shit, like I definitely need to not have this app on my phone. You know, cause like so kids are getting, it. I mean, I'd say kids are getting phones now in fifth and sixth grade and yeah. that's very young and they have TikTok on their phones. And I don't think adults, especially cause the name is so innocuous like it Hit sounds it? like yeah like, like a mickey mouse kind of thing like your tiktok it's super yeah, cute yeah and it, it sounds like it and, and i'm sure there are kids on there that just are having a good time and having fun but it was like i could see it like even the the week or so that i had this app i could see myself like these songs are like earworms like they're stuck in the, i'd never heard these songs before and then the kids like do these songs and these dances and then I just get these songs stuck in my head. And, but it's just like, I could see how people get on there and just get addicted to it. I mean, there's this one girl, her name's Charlie. And like, people are talking about her because they, they, you can, you can like at somebody's video where it's like, okay, let's say Tessa went on and did an original video with an original song. I could at her and redo her video. And it would show up in the video feed. Like I could click on Tessa's original song and it would have her posted as the original. And then it would have everybody else who tried to do the same thing. And there's this one girl, Charlie. I mean, I think she's, she's so young and she's got 9 million followers or whatever that's on there. And it's like, like she came out of nowhere. Like she's just some girl in high school. And I cannot imagine what kind of pressure that or like makes that her feel or how she feels when she sees her feed and people make fun of her or like people talk shit on her when they're like, she's not worth the hype. Well, like, there's always backlash. You know? Yeah, I know. It's just like, I'm just seeing the comments on all her videos and she seems like a sweet girl that's just dancing and having a good time. But then I'm like, all of a sudden she's quote unquote, TikTok famous and people are just trashing her, you know? And it was like, Oh my God. So yeah, it's just it's been problematic is what I'm saying with this app. So if you if you know somebody that has it, just you know, check in. Check with in them. with them. I know my <laughs> daughter asked me for it and uh and I was like, There is absolutely no way. Like yeah. I said anybody can see videos of you and she's like, Why don't you want people to see videos of me? And I'm like <laughs> I, it's really hard to explain it to them. Like, cause what do you yeah. say? You're like, I don't want people to Cause some people, some people might look at you, unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not, would never say this to her and sexualize yeah. you. Yeah. And I don't want them yeah. to do that because you are not the, the age of con- where you can consent to that. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I it really, that, that kind of thing makes me nervous because these things get famous overnight and get popular overnight and you, before you even know what they are. And yeah. it's like, and you, it's just like, you don't understand your fingers. what the damage it's going to do either, you know, to the psyche about like. I mean, there's girls who are like, you know, coming out and, and, and doing stuff like this or, or boys that were coming out and, you know, it was like, there wasn't, you know, really positive comments coming back. And it was just like, Oh God, this is not the place. I mean, this is called cancel culture. Is this what this is called? Yeah. This is like, <laughs> I feel so, I feel so old talking about this. 
Tyler, the creator, had a concert last week, and everybody, mm-hmm. do you know what I'm talking about? And yeah. uh, I guess you would call him, a, like, he's a hip-hop artist, rap artist. Mm-hmm. And he threw a festival, and he told, and everybody at the festival thought Frank Ocean, who was another artist, was going to be the special guest. Instead, Drake came out. They didn't want Drake. They, he got booed. No, they booed, booed him off stage. He got booed off the stage. And uh, Drake. <laughs> Yeah, and um, the this guy Tyler, the creator, you know, tweeted about how this is just bullshit cancel culture. You're so entitled that you you boo this person yeah. who took their time to come out and perform for you yeah. because like you don't have a you so much of your interaction happens on the internet now that you don't think about how it affects people. It's just like you're typing words and then walking away. Like yeah. I don't like you. You're ugly. Blah blah blah. You're commenting in the section, and then you can go about your life. And like how how that translated so so vividly into real life in that moment of just these kids being like no we don't want that and then chanting Frank Ocean's name but Frank Ocean wasn't there you don't get a second yeah. choice mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not the internet um, that you know and that that was like kind of you know it all made me think of that whenever you know I deleted my Twitter and stuff it just it it all like. And I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't need this in my life. I don't need this kind of negativity. And I could see the app, you know, the TikTok app. I was just like, and it just like, and I don't want to put blame on this one app because, you know, inherently like children don't know better, you know, like we we're in charge of, of educating them and helping them and, and trying to figure it out. And we're on the back foot a lot of times with technology and apps and games and, and what they're exposed to. So it's like, you know, I know kids are going to see what they're going to see. They're not, you know, you cannot keep them in a bubble, but I can try to at least protect my daughter's feelings by not allowing it, everything in until they're know, emotionally like, mature enough to go. Okay. Like I, who gives a shit what these strangers are saying about me? Like, when you're 13, like, you're not emotionally mature enough to handle that kind of criticism. Or to be sexualized. I think the idea is, is you know, it makes you feel good, and it's probably feelings you've never had before. And, you know, you've got all these hormones, and you don't know what to do with them, and this is a this is an outlet and a way for you to feel sexy when you're, you don't even know what that is, you know? Yeah, but then your entire uh, your identity, you're basing your identity on what other people think about you and yeah. your appearance. I, I mean, it's just yeah. too young for that, you know? You need to find out who you are before you... And I'm sure, like, know. on the app, like, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, I'm sure there's people that have fun, and, and kids can follow other kids that are just having fun, that are just that it can just be a good time. But by and large, that is not what is in the newsfeed. That's not what's filtered through. Because that's not what people are clicking on. Like there is a lot of, there's a lot of clever, uh, funny stuff on there. I've seen a lot of, uh, mostly I see it like compilations on YouTube. Mackenzie and I will watch them together. Yeah. Yeah. And like, she's not allowed to watch that unless I'm watching it with her because, you know, for the obvious, obvious reasons, I don't want her to watch girls her age being sexy, (laughs) being sexy yet. Or ever is what I mean by that. Not, not, and when I say her age, I mean like 14, yeah. 15, because it, everything is everything that used to be um, targeted to preteens, eight year olds and nine year olds are watching it now. You know, yeah, it, it's not that's what's scary too. Yeah, it's not all always 13, 14, 15 year olds. It's much younger now. Like they are, they have access to it much sooner. 
So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, this has been Mom Corner on the Read Me Romance <laughs> podcast. Yeah, so, welcome, uh, to read, welcome to Read Me Romance. Welcome. It's really Tate and Week. <laughs> We're going to play the second half of Winter's Captive really soon. But first, we have a couple of holiday uh, items to talk about. Yeah, so you we're go first? Um, taking a break. Yeah. yeah, we're taking a break next week because it's Thanksgiving. So we're going to eat some turkey and just be lazy and not have a book next week. So you're welcome. We're not going to be here for next uh, week. Yeah, awesome. we'll be back on December 2nd with Abby Knox. Yes. Yeah. So that's what we realized last year. We recorded through the holidays and we we're like, well, it's definitely moms that listen or, you know, women that listen to the podcast because they don't listen during the holidays because they're doing all the shit. <laughs> <laughs> so they're having to like cook and buy presents and take care of everybody and they're like that's what we're doing too so we're like you know what let's all just take a break yeah there was a steep so steep since, decline in listenership during, yeah, the, <laughs> during yeah. the holiday weeks yeah no which is yeah it makes sense, makes sense. Uh, once we saw the numbers we were like that that made sense yeah next year we'll take <laughs> so, those uh, those weeks off yeah we'll just take a knee um <laughs> so so next take a turkey Thanksgiving. leg yeah, and um, you know Thanksgiving is problematic for a lot of people, uh, especially Indigenous people. So instead of doing things that might disparage Indigenous uh, Native Americans, um, I wanted to do something that celebrated Thanksgiving in a different way. So these are Thanksgiving movies <laughs> instead of uh, anything that really has to do with the holiday, other than it's based. These movies are based around the holiday. One of the first ones that popped up is uh, Sweet November. And I don't know if you guys remember that one with Keanu Reeves and Charlize Theron. She actually takes a guy every month. And oh, she yes. she like tries to fix them or help them out in some way. Like it's not about, you know, sex or whatever it is. And so Keanu Reeves is her November. And so she kind of takes him on as a project and they end up falling for each other. Can so. we talk really quickly about Keanu Reeves? Like <laughs> everybody's obsessed with him, even my no, husband. No, the fact that he, he has a girlfriend who's like in it. It, it was like broadcast news that he has a girlfriend yeah. who's like in her forties. Like it, yeah. everybody and was she, like, she what? She has gray hair and wrinkles, <laughs> and she's beautiful, and she's and she's, she's like natural looking. Yeah, yeah, she's not like she's she just seems like. Uh, I bet she's a wonderful person, and it seems like that's the person he would be with. He wouldn't be with somebody because they were just gorgeous or a model or a celebrity he would be with someone because he genuinely enjoyed spending time with that person but the fact that, and that like, the internet like went, that's what this is yeah yeah the fact he that the internet, the internet went absolutely like crazy over the fact that like he was dating someone his age shows you yeah. just how far we've gone <laughs> over the really. edge like he's not dating okay. a 20 year old instagram model like what's happening mm-hmm. she's a he's a he's which makes me love him even more clearly clearly okay so if you haven't seen sweet november it's really good it's kind of sad in parts but it's also really 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 good so it's one of my one of my old old faves um, the other one is You've Got Mail. It said it doesn't necessarily take place, but it has like a Thanksgiving uh, scene in it. And so, and I know we've talked about it on a podcast before. That's one of my favorites too, um, with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. It's, it's really sweet. Back when the AOL chat was still a thing. The other one that I love is called Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with um, Steve Martin and John Candy, where um, they're just trying to get home um, for the holidays. So, that was really good, too. Um, the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, clearly, is adorable. Uh, the movie Son-in-Law, have you guys seen that with Polly Shore? <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. That? Yes! Yeah, that one oh has my a big God. Thanksgiving theme around it, too. I, I forgot about that I actually movie. wrote that down, and I thought, I wrote it down, and I put, Mel will know this one. <laughs> 
I've never, yeah. of all yes, the movies so. we've talked about on this podcast, and no, nothing has ever lit you up more than Son in Law by Polly Shore. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I just forgot about it. I remember yeah. owning it on VH or uh-huh. a cassette tape or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, VHS, yeah. Mm-hmm. VHS and watching it in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a good one. They said that, that one's around Thanksgiving too. Somebody also said the Adams Family Values, which I think is more, you can watch those movies anytime, but they said the Thanksgiving scene in that is when, um, when they're at camp and the camp leaders are like, you're, we're going to have this new vision of Thanksgiving and Wednesday comes in and just uh, like burns the fucker down. So she's she does. Mess, so. I saw the new Adams family movie and it's terrible. The cartoon. Is it, is it really? Yeah. Oh, it looks so cute. No, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You heard it here first, lady listeners. Try, it was just family. trying way it too sucks. hard. It was, I thought it was <laughs> And I wanted to like it because I think it it's it's Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things plays Pug, mm-hmm. uh, Pugsley and Nick Kroll's and a comedian I like and he mm-hmm. plays Uncle Fester and I wanted to like it and it was stupid as hell. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so not the cartoon. Like the old <laughs> Two thumbs down the, from, from Tessa Bailey. Christina Ricci. Thanks. <laughs> Have you guys seen the movie Dutch? Um, it has Ed O'Neill, the guy from Married with Children, or Modern Family, the dad that's in that. No. Okay. So, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So the movie Dutch is really, really good. It's one of my favorites. And it's like Ed O'Neill like, gets me going. Like he's he's in my top five. From Modern so, Family? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm not mad at you about he's that. He's a daddy. Did you watch? He's have you ever so seen Little Giants? He's a daddy. Oh he's, yeah. And he's so like I watched this video of him. The he's other been a daddy since Ellen. forever. Like he's just like he turns me on. Like I don't know why, but so he was on Ellen the other day and he was talking about something and she said you don't know celebrities, and he was like no, and he said there was a picture of him with Britney Spears like almost in his lap. And he was like, some girl just asked me to take a picture with her. And he was like, I'd heard of her, but I didn't know that was her. Like, Britney Spears was like, I want a picture. And then I've same seen thing that. with Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like, Taylor Swift came up and asked him for a picture. And he's like, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he doesn't know anybody. And so Ellen played this game with them where he kept they kept posting up pictures of celebrities. And he's like, uh. Uh, Gina like he just he couldn't come up with any names he would just guess and like he put one of like Chris Hemsworth and he's like uh he nice guy he's a nice guy uh, I think I've met him I think he's a nice guy good actor <laughs> but I just love that he's so oblivious to Hollywood I love that too so anyways the the movie Dutch is really good and if I it's been so long since I've seen it but if I remember right I think he plays like a stepdad or an uncle to like these kids and he's got to like get them home or something like that. But the whole movie is, it's kind of based around, he's got this pinky ring and it's got like this big like uh, stone in it and he plays with it when he gets mad. And there's like a part at the end of it where like this, this asshole says something about one of the kids and he just goes like pop and like (laughs) tags them with his fist, like in the middle of his forehead and like leaves dent where the stone was and the guy just like falls back and you're like I, I remember watching that as, as a kid being like oh like a little turned on by that power you know yeah it was just like he just took care of business no it's weird though like I don't like I'm, I don't condone violence but there's a scene in uh Goodfellas where Ray Liotta pistol whips a guy for for yeah, talking yeah. for uh for assaulting his girlfriend and I remember mm-hmm. being so turned on by that <laughs> In my preteens, yep. just like watching Ray Liotta, and I should not have been watching anything about pistol whipping <laughs> at all. 
But I love <laughs> yeah. that scene. But yeah, that if you get a chance, definitely watch Dutch. It's based around. Like, I've never seen it, and I, a lot of people oh say it's their favorite movie, so I gotta watch that. This it is so good. But we talked about, but my brother and I talk about it still all the time. Um, another one is um, Scent of a Woman with Al Pacino. Remember that with Chris, <laughs> yeah, with Chris O'Donnell. So no. Chris O'Donnell is like his driver, and Al Pacino is blind. And he talks about how, um, he's like, well, how do you know? And like, basically the whole movie is kind of like Al Pacino is sort of like coaching Chris O'Donnell to be more confident about his, his woman and how to like be a better man and, and this kind of thing. And the, the reason the movie's called this is Chris O'Donnell's like, well, how do you know? And he's like, you know, the sense of a woman. And he's like, I can always tell like, you know, they're how I fall in love, I guess is what he was saying. It's really good. It, it's sweet and sexy. And it, that's a good one. And the other one I wrote down was Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> and I love those movies. That's a good one. I know. Those are my favorites. Like those are great. Just overall holiday movies. They have a big Thanksgiving thing in that too. The Family Stone like. has Thanksgiving. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's Christmas. They do Christmas. No, it's, is it? Oh, is it? Yeah. They all make food for Christmas morning. Like, okay. They're trying to get Maybe it's just, just so much food. I think it's Thanksgiving. I know. Because they're constantly cooking in that movie. But I know we talked about that. If you if you haven't listened to the old episodes of the podcast, you can go back um, around Christmas time. And I remember we talked about our favorite Christmas movies because you and I both love The Family Stone. And I love to put that on like while I'm wrapping presents and stuff and just have it on in the background. I still haven't watched but, it. Um, yeah. It's so good. Okay. I have... So I have Christmas... Uh, de- uh, Christmas shopping recommendations. And I want to... I'm actually really excited about this. Okay. Because I need some ideas. Okay. So a lot of this, uh, some of it's my ideas, but also some of it I got from a BuzzFeed article about 66 items under $100 that are really good and unique. So last year I recommended Mancrate and a lot of lady listeners went out and bought them. So Mancrate is like... They're, it's perfect for guys, but you can also get it for women. They each have a theme. Like, they'll have, like, a red meat man crate, like, with beef jerky and all kinds of stuff. And they have beer crates and liquor crates, shaving crates. Basically, hunting. hunting. Basically, yeah. it comes in a giant box with a crowbar. And so the man you buy it for has to pry it open. And it's very manly. <laughs> so make sure you put how, if you, if they ask on the thing, they say, how did you hear about us? Put the Read Me Romance podcast. Because we had several lady listeners who said that last year that they put Read Me Romance in there. And we're like, great, maybe they'll see um, that we're, we're bringing <laughs> We're the demographic the they need to hit because we're the ones buying yeah. for men, you know? Yeah, so if you get a man crate, make sure you uh, make sure you put that in there. That you Tweet them. Yeah, fa- yeah, put the talk about us on their, um, on their Instagram feed. Okay, so also The Art of Shaving is a shaving company that has really great shaving kits with, like, the fancy... Um, the fancy brush and aftershave and just like really amazing scents. It's actually a gift for you because your your husband or boyfriend will smell so good <laughs> that you'll yeah. yeah you might actually yeah you know, be interested in them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next up is a wireless photo printer. They have these things that are pocket sized and basically. Oh, I have one of yeah. those. The Polaroid ones. Those things are fucking boss. They're so cool. It. You plug them into your phone and you can print out pictures directly from your phone, like your camera roll, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. on the spot. It's wireless. They're blue. The Polaroid one's Bluetooth. Like you don't have to plug it into your phone. It's just like a little thing. Right. You can do either. Okay, cool. Yeah. I've taken it to signings before and like printed out pictures at the signing table. Really? Yeah. I love that idea. 
Yeah. Oh, that's a really cool fun. idea. Yeah, be sure and steal it. Okay. <laughs> well, now that you sit at my table, we could just do it yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. This is my favorite one that I saw. There, there is a thing called long distance touch bracelets. So you and your partner each get a bracelet, and when you touch it, you when you touch the top of it, theirs lights up and vibrates to let them know you're thinking of them. Oh, I love that! Isn't that cute? Now let's get one for each other. <laughs> <laughs> so they're you're not saying no. They're called they're called um, bond touch bond touch bracelets, and you can get them on uncommon goods. You can get knockoffs on Amazon, I'm sure. They have them, yeah. They have them on Uncommon Goods for forty-nine. Stolen idea. Yeah. So they're forty-nine dollars each, but you each get one, and it's. I feel like I, I think I might actually get one for Pat and I, just because it's like a nice oh, thing while so he's sweet. at work. It just like. Yeah. But then I would. I just see this ending badly. Like it's starting off really sweet, mm-hmm. and then it's like, why don't you put on your bracelet? You only touched it twice today. <laughs> oh, you can't even fucking charge it. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait, Mel. I can't wait for you to get yours in the mail. <laughs> okay, this other thing I saw was a mini beauty fridge. It's like less than a foot high, and it's really it's really narrow, and it could fit like on your dresser. It could fit in your I don't know under your bathroom sink, and you put in your beauty products, and it keeps them cold because they you know how like cream feels so much better when you put it on cold. Isn't that really cute? You don't like that idea? A mini beauty fridge? I don't know. I've never thought about making my face cream cold. Oh yeah. It just is it good cold? Yes, try it. Oh, I don't know that the thought of putting something cold on my face. I don't know if I like that. It reduces is swelling. Maybe warmer. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was just thinking, is there a warmer? Is there a warmer? I would use. Well, a they have baby wipes sure. warmers. Maybe that you should look into that. Oh, right. Yeah, you could probably use that. that. You could repurpose it. I was like, can you fit a can of Red Bull in there? Because <laughs> Mel would be all over. She just use it for Red Bull. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> temperature thank you i know you actually do like a room temp uh okay so they have the harry potter illustrated collection i don't you probably already have that leah i have that but they just came out with the fourth book it just came out it's on my christmas wish list this year on amazon okay so i but that that just came out last month but yeah okay good so all you harry potter fans out there um (laughs) yeah the illustrate i will talk about it for a second if for those of you who are interested it is the same exact word for word content as the books but um, J.K. Rowling got the original illustrator who did the like cover artwork and, and book artwork to create full length books that have these gorgeous painted pages. And so like they're huge pages with the same exact words, but it's just got this gorgeous artwork to go with it. So all right, cool. there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you could also, another idea is Uncommon Goods as well. It's one of my favorite places to order gifts from. I've never heard of this. I'm Everything is now. super unique and good I'm quality. So they have teas from around the world. You could get six months uh, worth of teas from different countries if you have somebody who's into that. And there's also an Atlas Coffee Club, which uh, you can get a six-month or 12-month um, subscription for your, your loved one where they get a new coffee from a different place around the world every month. Atlas Coffee Club. A DNA kit. A DNA test kit. I feel like if somebody got me that, I would be fucking stoked. I would love to do that. Yeah. yeah. You haven't done one yet. You're like 23 in May. Or I haven't. No, but be prepared to find oh, out someone true. in your in your family's a serial killer. Just off top, <laughs> it's gonna happen. Well, Mel and they, their whole family did it, and then I was like, well, I got it for my husband, and he wouldn't do it. He was like, absolutely. He's like, I'm not sending my DNA. To oh, so he's the serial killer. What's my DNA? <laughs> 
like, you're not special. I know. They're like, somebody's going to steal it. I'm like, no, they're not. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody wants you that much. Okay. Like you're not special. You're not genetically superior, but it's all right. I'll do it. Okay. I was just waiting for something sketchy to come back. Yeah. Somebody like, I was like, I'm not going to lie. This is so terrible. I was thinking, what if, um, like one of my sister's kids came back, like not full brother or sister. <gasps> Oh, that would have been crazy. <laughs> I was like, come on. I didn't really want it to happen. I was like, I'm looking, making sure everybody's like connected up correctly. Not half brothers. Well, you hear about it a lot now. You hear about a lot yes. now people doing these DNA tests and finding out that they don't have, that their father isn't their father or something like that. You well, know? that's, didn't we, did we talk about Yeah, that? there was a Where story like that you the, talked about. Yeah. Well, and you know, my husband and I, it's funny, we were actually talking about this last night because my youngest daughter has the brightest blue eyes ever. And I have hazel eyes and my husband has brown. And I was like, what is the percentage that she got blue? Like how, how like small of a chance was it that she got such bright blue eyes? And he was looking it up at like the percentage or whatever. And he was like, well, it says on there, if you have like like blue eyes won't have brown eyes. And I was like, oh, I remember. And I was like, I remember there was a friend of ours in high school. This happened to, we were like in biology and they were telling us this, like it's genetically impossible for like two brown eyes to have a blue eye or whatever the combination was. And he was like, well, that's weird. Like I have brown eyes, but both my parents have blue eyes. And like, that was how he found out he was adopted. Wow. Because like they, because of it was like, because they found that it was genetically impossible for him to have the color eyes he did for, based on his parents. And I was like, oh shit. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. The last thing. Or what if you got connected to somebody that you shouldn't? Cause you can, like mine's open to connections. Yeah. So if like a, a brother or sister connected with me, <gasps> I'd be like, Dad? <laughs> of course I blame it on my dad, not my mom. I know, right? Basically, I don't want to know. 23 and me is stirring up all kinds of trouble. Def- uh, yeah. Definitely. Okay, so the last one I wrote down was the Revlon Hot Hairbrush. Or Hot Airbrush, sorry. It's a blow dryer that's shaped like a hairbrush. So oh, it's, yeah. Uh-huh. We have them. It's really good for frizzy hair and for curly hair. Um, So I'm going to ask for mm-hmm. that, actually. That's on my list. I just, well, I just, uh... When I get out of the shower, I just brush my hair with it too. Yeah. It's my brush. It's your brush. Mm-hmm. Just use it as a cool. brush. I will say I burned up two of them. So like I got one as a gift and for Christmas and I loved it. And, but my hair is so thick and so long. It just, it could not like, it just, my hair wouldn't dry before the blow dryer got too hot. <laughs> and I burned, through, I burned through one and I was like, it was probably just me, like, not using it right. So I got another one, and then I did that one, and I was like, I just don't think I'm meant to have this So it's, one. okay, so it's not for long, luxurious princess hair. It's for a <laughs> Well, I just have, like, I have very thick, very coarse hair with that has a lot of kink to it. So it, mine's super frizzy, but it's also really bushy when I get out so of the So you can kind of let it dry a little short. bit and then maybe do it. Like, yes, maybe get it to think, the point where it's yes. almost dry, and then, mm-hmm. yeah. And then just hit it with that. But now for my birthday, I got, as a gift, I got the Dyson, the thing that's like a blow dryer and a curling iron and all of it in one. It's the wand. And it is the greatest thing I have ever used on my hair. It is worth every penny that they spent to give me this gift. Okay, <laughs> so I'll like, look that up. It, I use it. I'm telling, it's like, it's, it's pricey. Like I, I got lucky that I had several people that went in together and got it for me. I think it's like $500 or something just outrageous, 
but it has, it's a wand and it has built in, it has a blow dryer, curling iron, it has the metal bristle brush, it has a, like a regular bristle brush, it has like eight attachments to it that come with it. So like I can blow dry my hair, straighten it, I can curl it, all with this thing. And even like as thick and kinky and frizzy as my hair is, it goes through it and I'm and like, it's super silky. <laughs> so, oh, I did, um, I crowdsourced, uh, the read me romance headquarters group the other day. If you're not in our Facebook group, you should join. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's called read me romance headquarters, but, um, I asked about Madison braids the other day. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen those Instagram ads that they come up for me yeah. all the fucking time. Um, and they look really cute. Like it's just a headband, but they use real hair to make braids and you just put it in and you kind of put your real hair around it and it's so fucking cute. And so, um, but they're a little pricey. And so I'd ask, you know, people, has anybody ever used this? Like this would be a nice gift. And some people were like, I just got the knockoff on Amazon and it's just as good. So, um, I actually like braided my hair today. So that's not yeah, it looks like, really cute. Mess. I love that. I wish I could do that with my hair. It would never. Well, one girl was telling me she starts like behind her ear, like in the headquarters group. She was like, start behind your ear and go. And I was like, well, that's, that's a great idea. Cause normally I start where my part is and then I go around. So I tried to do like the crown to go that way and it, it worked, but it would be much faster with the braided headbands. All right. We've given you all your ideas. So get clicking and I think that's it. So we're going to go play We're going to play uh, the second half of Millie Tatum's winter captive and sorry winter's captive and when we come back we will tell you about some new releases and remind you of the giveaways and all that good stuff so enjoy and we'll talk to you on the other side bye bye chapter 13 tuesday lily didn't feel much better than sunday or monday she and shailene sat in their favorite buffet restaurant by the front window the crowd passing on the sidewalk outside increased the closer it got to noon. A major case of loneliness had taken over her heart. She'd left Cade behind and a piece of her heart with him. Now she couldn't eat, sleep, or stop thinking of him. Oh, honey, Shailene said. I'm sure things will be fine. Lily glanced at her radiant cousin and smiled. At least some good came out of this. You and Brandon still got married, and Aunt Patty knows about the baby. Don't remind me of that episode. When we couldn't find you, I was so worried I got sick to my stomach. She grabbed Lily's hand and squeezed. It was just nerves. It wasn't your fault that Cade held you captive. Anyway, Brandon was paranoid and told me that he'd bring in a doctor to put me on bed rest if the stress put the baby at risk. Shay rolled her eyes. So, you know, Aunt Patty heard, and I, Dios mio, she was all crazy about how she wasn't going to let the first grandchild come into the world to unwed parents. So the minister married us, and that calmed her down. Lily grinned. Thank goodness. Just imagine if you guys would have tried to postpone. Shay groaned and leaned back in the chair, her arms over her chest. Girl, if we would have mentioned postponing, she would have had real live kittens. Lily giggled and sipped her water. Enough about me, Lily. Tell me why you're so sad. I don't like seeing you this way. I think I'm getting the flu. I've been feeling kind of sick lately, very feverish. Lily, 
That's not what I'm talking about. Shailene leaned over the table toward her. What happened between you and Cade? Lily shushed her, looking around to see if any other patron were paying attention. Why didn't you tell me Brandon was part of a wolf group? It's called a pack, Shailene answered. Well, Prima, because you're not supposed to really know in the first place. But with Brandon, I couldn't help but tell you. Are you telling me no one in the family but me knows what he is? Shailene chewed on her lip and then nodded. Yep, you're it. She dropped her face into her hand. Thank God I never said anything to anyone. You've got to tell your mom. Shailene swirled her straw in her cup. I was going to, after the wedding and before the baby, I swear. Now tell me what happened with Cade. Nothing, a whole lot of nothing, she growled. Nothing ever put that kind of face on you before, Prima. Chapter 14 What do you know about Cade? She asked. Shailene scrunched her nose in thought. Brandon said they had been the best of friends a few years back, but that Cade's fiance tore them apart. She told Cade that she and Brandon were having an affair and that she was leaving Cade for his friend. You can imagine how hard that must have been for Cade. And of course, Brandon had no clue what happened when Cade suddenly didn't want to be near him. He shut him off and never looked back. He might not have looked back, but he definitely held on. Why do you think the woman did that? Lied to him that way. From what Brandon said, the fiance had asked Cade to put her on the board since she was going to be his wife. Well, Cade asked Brandon his thoughts, and of course, Brandon flat out told him it was a stupid move. So Cade said no. The woman found out it was Brandon's fault she wasn't getting voted on the board and decided to mess up their friendship. What a bitch. If Cade had cared about that woman, it was probably the reason he'd never thought she'd lie to him. It was all around fucked up because he'd been hurt, Brandon had lost his friend, and now she had been dragged in. She'd been away from him for two days, and all she thought about was finding her way back to him. Mm-hmm. Both sat there a few moments in quiet thought. So... Want to tell me what happened with Cade? Lily groaned. You're like a persistent little kid, Shay. I'm going to enjoy watching your kid do the same thing to you. Oh, shut up and talk. They both laughed at Shailene's words. Fine. He's so thoughtful. Can you believe he cooked for me? And he's amazing in every single way that counts. But he has this whole macho dominant thing that needs like a ton of work. I am nobody's property. Still, he was just so sweet. And he protected me from his asshole brother. Shailene gasped. Oh, that's right. Cyrus, I heard about him. You have? She jerked up on the chair. What did you hear? Shailene sat up, mimicking her position. Cade's parents had always tried to teach them both to be strong, independent leaders. Their mother apparently favored Cade because he always showed true leadership and alpha material to boot. When their parents died, 
it became clear to the group that Cade was the best choice. He was nominated Alpha without having to fight. Everyone wanted to have Cade in that position. He'd proven to the pack he'd take care of them, even as a kid. Lily nodded. She'd gone on the internet and looked him up. Cade Winters was a big player in the financial markets and dabbled in everything that caught his attention. They were big on the West Coast where they had several satellite offices. He was called Midas because whatever he sponsored or invested in turned to gold. He's kept the entire PAC's portfolio well-lined from what Brandon said. Each and every one of his people has enough money to get by without working. They chose to. But Cyrus is the more problematic brother. He didn't want to work hard. He wanted things to be easy. He was always angry and working shady schemes. So when their father left all control of the company to Cade, well, Cyrus rebelled and took off. Lily remembered the man clearly. She'd seen massive amounts of anger in his eyes. I saw him, and let me tell you, he's not going to give up easily. He acted like the pack belonged to him, and all he had to do was give out commands. Yeah, that's not really how packs work, Shay said. Lily snorted. Tell me about it. I tried bribing Kevin and Corbin into letting me go, which I must say was really difficult to do since it was freezing and they were walking around buck naked. You didn't tell me about that. Shailene's eyes widened into saucers. You saw two men other than Cade naked? Well, she hated to sound like she was boasting, but she did see more than that. What? What? Spill it. Don't be mean. It was more like eight. She giggled and shushed her cousin when Shay squealed. Because when Cyrus showed up, he had a group of guys that shifted right in front of me, and they were all naked too, and chasing me. Shailene burst into laughter. You had a group of naked men chasing you down? She continued laughing until tears streamed down her face. She wiped at her cheeks. So what did you do? Well, I wasn't going to stand there and take pictures. I ran towards Cade. Who came to my rescue? She sighed. So are you going to give Cade a chance or what? Shay asked the question she'd been mentally debating with herself. Come on, that's not fair. I'm not the one who lied to him. I'm the innocent party in all this. Shay nodded sympathetically. True, but talk things out and see where you can go from here. You are not going to be able to handle the emptiness you feel. How do you know? Because, sweetheart, she patted her hand. One woman in love can recognize another. In love? She'd been with the man for a day. It couldn't possibly be love. She had to be sick. There was no other explanation for it. Besides, how many people in love complained of high fevers? None that she knew. Tell me about this whole mate business. She remembered Cade saying she was his mate the first time they'd had sex. It had made for an explosive orgasm, one she'd never forget. Not that she'd forget any of the others, but that one seemed special somehow as if their first time would always be embedded in the back of her mind. Shailene stared at her for a moment before answering. 
Werewolves mate through bites. Kind of like marriage, but with a more permanent feel. Lily rubbed her shoulder where Cade had bitten her. Was that the kind of bite Shay was talking about? Meaning they're very loyal to their mates? She'd read that somewhere. Not that she'd been doing research or anything. Oh God, was she considering a permanent relationship with Cade? After what he'd done? She'd need to have a serious conversation with him before she even agreed to a date. Yeah, there are no divorces, Shay sighed. She asked, how come you and Brandon haven't mated? She gasped, or have you? Shay giggled, no, we have not. When we were discussing it, we realized I'm pregnant. We will have to wait until the little one is born. Oh, well, when you do, see that you tell a person. I don't want to be caught unawares next time something important happens to you. I promise. Now let's get more food. I'm starving, she groaned. Lily rolled her eyes. You're always starving. Look who's talking, Shay laughed. Chapter 15 Cade exited the elevator into the lobby, searching for Brandon. Outside the front doors, a familiar car stopped on the street. Cade had to control himself to keep from running out. He slid into Brandon's low front seats and slammed the door closed. You know, Cade said with a huge smile, you're going to have to get rid of this speedster. It's not conducive to family outings. It was conducive enough to entice the woman I wanted on a date. Cade laughed. Brandon had always been flashier than Cade cared to be. He was low key and didn't worry about what others thought of him. As long as he kept the best interests of the pack in mind, he'd be fine. Where are they eating? He asked. Shay called and said they were at the buffet on 3rd and Jefferson. Are we going in? When Brandon winced, he added, we are going in, right? Shay said that wouldn't be a good idea yet. Cade was ready to come unglued. Brandon put his hand out. Calm down, Alpha. Shay said she was going to talk with Lily about you. She won't talk freely if you're in there glaring laser bolts at her. Cade sighed and turned to the window. Brandon was right, but damn it, he didn't like the answer. He'd have to remain a stalker for a few more days. Brandon slowed and stopped in a no parking zone across the street from the eatery. From their vantage point, they could see into the restaurant. Unless Lily turned in her seat, the men wouldn't be seen. His eyes fixated on her. His wolf wanted out to get closer. Sending his wolf wouldn't make any of this better. A whimper floated through his mind. He felt the same way. Seeing her, but not able to touch her, smell her, hold her. He crossed his arms over his chest to hide his shaking body. He had it bad. She was even more beautiful than he remembered. She appeared a little tired, but the weekend had been rather busy. His cock perked up. Not a good thing in Brandon's two-seater. Cade's heart raced. He couldn't calm down. 
His wolf poked him about something not being right. He tore his eyes away from the window to survey the area. Leaning against the wall of an alley, a familiar person held his phone in front of him. Was that? Brandon, is that one of Cyrus's men? He pointed down the walkway. Son of a bitch. Brandon opened his door. It got nearly ripped off by a passing vehicle. Cade met him on the sidewalk, both heading toward the alley. What the fuck are they doing here? They touch one hair on my mate. Cade felt the same. Maybe it was time to deal with Cyrus face to face, or teeth and claws to teeth and claws. Reaching the spot where the man stood, Cade picked up his scent, but the asshole was gone. Where did he go? They walked to the end of the alley to find his smell went over a chain link fence and away. Cade kicked the metal, then turned back. Do you think it was a coincidence, him being here? Brandon snorted. Nothing Cyrus does is a coincidence. Until now, his brother had been absent most of the time, occasionally showing up to check status quo. Cade had no idea where the man lived, worked, if he got off his ass to find a job, or hung out. When his brother left, Cade was done with him. If the ass wanted back, he knew how to do it. But it wasn't in Cyrus's makeup to humble himself to anyone, including the rightful Alpha. Not Cade's problem. They got back in the car. When the girls leave, we are walking them to their cars. I'm not letting Lily out of my sight. Agreed. As they kept an eye on their mates, the women took turns going to the buffet, but his sharp vision saw that Lily didn't eat much. He wondered how her body was adjusting. Your mate is still staying in close contact to mine, right? He asked. Brandon mashed his lips together, then said, instead of waiting for her first shift, why don't we tell her what's coming? And then what? Cade asked. She'll come running to me? He knew his mate better than that. No, Brandon replied. It'll probably piss her off more because you didn't give her any choice in the matter. Never mind. Cade cringed. Could he have fucked it up any worse? Of course, he wouldn't get a meek mate who let him do whatever he pleased. No, he had to get the most stubborn, most independent, most incredible woman he'd ever met. Inside the cafe, Shailene picked up her phone. A moment later, Lily stood with her purse over her shoulder and walked farther into the room. Where is she going? Cade started to get out, but Brandon stopped him. She's probably going to the ladies' room. If she were leaving, they would come out the front together. That made sense, but Cade's instinct said to run to her and carry her back to his den. Exactly what she would not have wanted. He blew out a breath and sat back. A few minutes later, Shailene stood and headed for the front door, still on her phone. Wait, Cade said. Where's Lily? You said they'd leave together. They should have. Brandon hopped out of the car and crossed the street to honking horns. Cade was right behind him. His friend kissed his mate. Unwilling to wait for the niceties between loving mates, Cade stepped closer. Is Lily still inside? Shailene leaned away, not used to Cade being so close.
He usually kept himself out of others' personal space, but his insides were about to come outside if he didn't see his mate now. No, she left before I did. Left how? He couldn't be hearing that right. Lily had not come out the front door. She parked in back, so she went out the side door. Cade was running before he realized it. Across the back lot, he saw her car pull onto the street. Someone was in the passenger seat. Someone who looked a lot like Cyrus's guy. Chapter 16 When Shailene answered her phone, Lily knew lunch was over. Her friend's job was more demanding than hers at times. She squeezed Shay's hand, then headed for the side door and back parking lot. As soon as she stepped out, she felt eyes on her. She looked around, but didn't see anybody. Hurrying toward her car, she pulled out her keys, finger on the panic button. Her eyes darted from side to side, watching for any movement. Nothing. Lily clicked the fob to open the doors and slid inside with a relieved breath. Before she could close the door and auto-lock the car, the passenger side door opened and an unfamiliar man climbed in beside her. She grabbed the door handle to get out, but he grabbed her arm. We need to go somewhere. I have to get back to my office. No, the man replied and popped out a single claw from his finger. At least it wasn't a gun. Put your seatbelt on. Start the car. Let's go, now. Seatbelt? She did as directed and pulled onto the street. They sat quietly, but a million things twisted in her brain like a tornado. How to escape? Would she die? Would she ever see Kate again? What was the man going to do to her when they got to where he wanted to go? Turn here and get on the expressway, he said. Her hands began to shake. They were leaving town. Her dead body could end up anywhere and no one would ever find her. The cell phone in her purse rang, going through to her car's speaker system. She reached to push the accept button, but he grasped her hand. Cyrus doesn't want you to talk to anybody. She pulled back and stared forward, letting the ring go to voicemail. So you're one of Cyrus's men then? I guess you can say that he replied. I have to do what he says. And what did he tell you to do with me? He said to make you drive me back to my truck. Your truck, she said. Where's that? At the Highland Villa exit. That was about a half hour away from where they were. Only 30 more minutes to live. She wondered if jumping from a car moving 65 miles per hour would hurt probably not as bad as being run over by the semi driving behind her would. She asked, what's your name? He looked at her for a moment before he answered. Horace, Horace Pitt. Any relation to Brad Pitt, the actor? There's an actor with my last name, an American? She wasn't sure what to glean from his reply. Was he forced to stay in a dark room with no outside influence? She wouldn't put it past Cyrus to do that. Yeah, she said. But if you're not a movie watcher, you probably don't know who I'm referring to. The man nodded and turned to the window. 
she heard a sniffle from him. Allergies? Or was he crying? Are you okay? She asked. I'll be fine. He kept his face turned toward the window. What's wrong? When he didn't respond, she said, Maybe I can help. You can talk to me. He looked down at his hands in his lap. If I told you, Cyrus would get angry at me again. I get hungry when he doesn't let me eat. She looked at him, really looked. His face was thinner than any other wolf she'd seen. His clothes, old and shoddy, appeared to hang from his frame. Brandon and Cade filled out their clothes completely. He doesn't let you eat? Only when I do something wrong. When was the last time you ate? She asked. He said if I didn't mess this up, I could eat when I got back. Fury raced through her. She squeezed the steering wheel until her knuckles turned white. Then she opened the console between the seats and pulled out protein bars, granola bars, Oreos, and dumped them in his lap. Open the glove box, she said. He looked up from his lap to her. She kept her eyes forward. She finally pointed and repeated her words. He opened it. She had stuffed more food and bars in there when the first snow had fallen. Winter was harsh in the area. If you were stuck and couldn't get help right away, you needed to have food, water, blankets, and an extra cell phone battery. All that but the food were in her trunk. You want me to hold these for you? He asked. Her brows drew down. I want you to eat them. Me? He questioned. I can eat these? All of them, she said. He just stared at the food. Now, she commanded. Open the damn packages and put them in your mouth. He tore into them like a child opening Christmas presents. Another after another after another. Slow down, Horace, you don't want to get sick. Chew before you swallow. Yes, ma'am. He took three bites of the next bar instead of two. These are really good. The labels say they're high in protein. He held up a wrapper. Wolves need a lot of protein. You do, she replied, just to say something back. Have you shifted yet? He asked with his mouth full. What? Shifted? She glanced at him, then back at the road. I'm human, Horace. We don't shift. But you're Cade's mate. I smell wolf in you. Didn't he mark you? Shailene mentioned the bite earlier. Was it more than just sex play? Cade bit my shoulder. She rubbed it. Then you're a wolf too. But you haven't gone through your first shift yet. Fear stole through her, her heart double-timing. First shift? Are you saying I'm going to change into a wolf with four legs? She voiced her question as calmly as she could. I've only seen wolves with four legs. His head tilted. No, I remember an old wolf when I was young that only had three legs. It was torn off in a fight, but he lived. Oh, God, 
What did she say to that? A wolf. She was going to become an animal. When will I change? She asked. He shrugged, tearing off the end of a candy bar. I don't know much about human mates. Could be any time, I guess. She made a mental note to ask Brandon immediately about that. Horace munched away, smile on his face. Putting her blinker on, she changed lanes to the middle. Tell me about yourself, she said. His cheeks blushed. Holy shit, was he serious? A shy wolf? What do you want to know? Well, do you have a job? What do you do for fun? Where do you live? That kind of thing. Oh, I, uh, I do whatever Cyrus wants me to do. Like what? He shrugged, eyes trained on his lap. Take out the trash, clean the house, spy on the pack without getting caught, get him food. He was the dickhead's lackey, and Cyrus treated him like he was dirt, not feeding him. Anger soared through her again. Food and water are essential. Nobody should be denied their basic survival needs. How pathetic was Cyrus to treat an employee like that? It's okay, he said. You don't need to be angry. Cyrus is okay. How did he? Oh, her smell. Shit, she forgot about that. He could smell her lies, too, if what Shailene said was true. No, Horace, it's not okay. You should be able to eat when you want, no matter what you do or don't do. He turned to the window again. She touched his arm and he flinched. Horace, look at me. Do you understand that what Cyrus is doing is wrong? He turned to her with shiny eyes and nodded, then looked away. Why are you with Cyrus? She asked. When he left the pack, my brother went with him and I stayed with my brother. You left your family in the pack? Mom didn't want me to go, but dad was happy for me to be gone. Her heart crushed. How could a parent not want their children, even if they were a bit challenged? Your brother isn't taking good care of you anymore? She questioned. He rubbed a fist over his eye and turned away. He went out with Cyrus one day and never came back. That was it. She couldn't take any more. When we get to your truck, you are going to get your stuff from Cyrus's place, then you're moving in with me. His mouth fell open, staring at her. I can't do that. Why not? You're Cade's mate. He'll kill me. She harumphed. He will not lay a hand on you. If he does, I will never talk to him again. His eyes got wider if that was possible. He'll die without you. What? She wasn't expecting that. Horace sounded so serious. She wasn't sure if the guy was able to say anything not literally true. Mates have to be together. If one dies, the other does not want to go on living. It hurts that much without them. Holy shit. That would explain her uncontrollable need to be with him. Why he was constantly on her mind. 
Cade isn't dying right now, is he? He lifted his shoulder and dropped it. I don't think so. You haven't been gone long enough. After a pause, he asked, Why aren't you with him? All mates live together. That was a multi-layered question. She blew out a breath. We're having issues we need to work through. Like what? Well, shit, she didn't know how to answer. He didn't tell me the truth about something. He nodded. Lying is bad. We can smell lies. Did you smell him? I didn't smell, no. Then how do you know he was lying? Horace asked like a three-year-old would ask why the sky is blue. She stumbled for words. I, uh, he, maybe she needed to revisit that moment. Things had been so crazy with Brandon and his brothers lined up to fight Cade and his guys. I'm not sure. He whispered, the alpha wouldn't lie about anything. He sniffled again. Do you love him? Another question she was unprepared to answer. She opened her mouth, then closed it. He asked, do you think about him all the time? She nodded. Do you even dream about him? Oh God, did she ever. She shut down those thoughts so he wouldn't send her all hot and bothered. How embarrassing. He continued, do you want to be with him when you're away? Again, she nodded. Does your heart beat real hard when you see him? Every time, she thought with a bob of her head. Then you're in love with him. Simple, he finished. She laughed heartily. If only it was that simple, Horace. Unfortunately, it's not. Why not? My mom said that's how I'd know when I met my mate. Are those things not true of love? You're right, she answered. Those are signs of love. Then you're in love with the Alpha. He will love only you to the day he dies. He will devote his life to making you happy. He won't lie or cheat on you. He will protect and provide food for you and your pups. Whatever else can be worked out. You just have to dig to the root of the problem and pull it out. He smiled. Another of my mom's sayings. You have a great mother, Horace. He dropped his chin to his chest. Oh God, she knew why, too. When was the last time you saw your mother? A long time ago. Cyrus doesn't want us talking to anyone in the pack. He gets angry. Then he fucking starves you. She hit the steering wheel with her palm. She asked, do you have a cell phone? He nodded and pulled it out. Damn, it was one generation up from a flip phone. Do you know how to put a contact in? He shook his head, staring at it. Well, crap. Normally she wouldn't do this, but this wasn't a normal situation. She held her hand out. May I see it? He handed it to her. She flipped it open and held it up so she could still see the road. With her thumb, she pressed the silver keys until she found the contact section. Do you know my name? She asked. 
You're the alpha female, he stated. She'd dwell on what that meant later. I mean, my real name. I'll just use my initials LR. That way no one will know who it is. She finished typing in her info and handed it back. Okay, she said. See those buttons that make a circle? She instructed him how to find her phone number and address, and they practiced finding it several times. Use that address to get to my home after you get your stuff from Cyrus's place. You might have to be sneaky so he doesn't figure out what you're doing. He shook his head. No, he's gone for a while. He had something important to do today. That couldn't be good, she thought. Do you know what that was? No, but he wore a suit and tie. I've never seen him in one before. He doesn't wear one to work? She asked. He doesn't have a normal job like everyone else. He's a free dancer. She puzzled out what a free dancer was. She doubted seriously if Cyrus was a professional performer. Do you mean freelancer? She questioned. Maybe, he replied. I don't remember. He remained quiet, having finished all the snack bars. She glanced in the rearview mirror and saw the same car that she'd spotted miles ago. It zipped around a car and pulled back into her lane. She squinted and glanced in the side mirror. Was that Brandon's mini car? She couldn't see how Shailene thought that tiny thing was comfortable. How had he found her? Before you left the pack, what did you do? I took care of my baby sister. Took care of her how? Babysat her? Yeah, I guess. Mom and dad were gone, working. I'd feed her, change her diaper, oh, that was the worst, play with her. When mom got home, I helped her. When dad got home, I went to my room. She was going to ask why, but then remembered his father didn't want him because he wasn't a normal wolf. Damn, that ticked her off again. What could she do about it? You know, Horace, I think you would make a good nanny. Nanny? Yeah, you know, live-in babysitter. His eyes turned shiny again. You, you want me to take care of the alpha pups? He looked at her stomach. Oh, not yet, but when it's time. She smiled. Though the thought of being pregnant didn't scare her nor the thought of the pups being Cade's. I would be honored to care for the Alpha family. I would do a real good job. Good, she patted his arm. That's settled. The road sign said their exit was just ahead. Her phone rang again. Shailene's name popped onto the screen above the radio. What were the chances her friend was with Brandon in his car? Hell, what were the chances of Cade being there, too? Shit. Cade would kill Horace if he found out the wolf was with her. Do you think I can talk to my best friend? She asked. I don't see how that could hurt. Do you? His head tilted again. I guess that would be okay. She pushed the answer icon. Hey, Shailene, I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. Did you hear me? I'm doing great. Silence came across the line.
Okay, I hear you. Are you with Brandon? Yes, K. I need to drop a friend at his truck. Then I'm heading back into town. Can you hear me? My friend. Yeah, yeah. Would like to exp. No one is to get out from where they are until I say, okay? Only quietness. Horace didn't seem bothered by the strange conversation. She glanced in her rear view. She wasn't taking any chances that the silence was not agreement. If anyone gets out, I will never talk to them again. Is that clear? Lily hung up and took the exit, slowing as she approached the bottom of the ramp. Now, Horace, you know what you're doing, right? Getting my stuff and going to your home. He nodded, being sneaky if I have to so Cyrus doesn't see me. His eyes zipped back and forth as if searching for something. You're going to be okay, right? She asked. He nodded. And Horace, I have lots of food in the fridge. Think you can help me eat it all? She got the biggest smile she'd seen in a long time. Yes, ma'am. He pointed to a patch of gravel on the side of the road. That's my truck. Thank you, alpha female. I'll take great care of the pups. She patted his hand. I know you will. Now, you get going first. I need to take a quick break, okay? He climbed out and waved on his way to his vehicle. She watched as he pulled onto the expressway, headed back into town. Brandon's car parked behind her. She dialed her friend. Okay, Shailene, tell Cade to get his ass in my car right now. Before she finished the sentence, he was opening her car's driver door, unbuckled her, and lifted her into a strong, tight hug. No words, just physical contact, which felt so damn good. She wrapped her legs around his waist, no sexual connotation to it, just the need to be close to the one she loved. Damn it, she had to admit it. Brandon drove by, Shailene in the front seat waving. Lily waved back, and Cade let her feet touch the ground. He cupped her face, staring into her eyes for a minute before softly kissing her. He didn't dominate, didn't press for control, just shared himself with her. This wasn't her, Cade. She said, who are you and what have you done with my boyfriend, mate? He smiled and laid his forehead against hers. He took a deep breath and whispered, I have never been so scared in my entire life. Imagining my existence without you, I was ready to die. Well, after I ripped Cyrus's guts out. No worries, you owe our nanny a steak dinner. He pulled back. Nanny? Are you, are we? His eyes bounced between her face and stomach. No. She sighed, not yet, but maybe someday if you get your shit together. Get me a bag and I'll gather as much as you need, baby. She grinned, there's my man. She pecked his lips, now get in, I'm tired. I'll drive. It came out as a command. She narrowed her eyes at him. 
I mean, if you'd like me to. You just rest and I'll shut up. She laughed and walked around to the other side and got in. When they were back on the road headed toward town, she pulled her phone out. Who are you calling? He asked. She lifted a brow to his inquiry. He sighed. Yes, I'm being nosy. Another man, she said to get across a point. He growled, then stopped when the other man answered. Hi, Mr. Kirby. I'm on my way back from lunch and I'm still not feeling well. I wondered how long it would take to admit you were sick, he said, humor in his voice. Take the rest of the day and tomorrow. Nothing is going on this week, so take it all if you need. You have loads of unused sick days. Use some of it. Thank you, Mr. Kirby. I'll keep you updated. She pressed the red icon and dropped the phone into her purse. Cade took her hand. Are you really sick? No, she said. I just haven't slept much and I'm worn down. I just need to rest. You sleep right now. I'll drive you home. She shook her head. No, right now we're going to talk. Chapter 17 Cade cringed. He knew they needed to talk, but he wasn't good at that kind of thing. He could give orders with no problems, but when he had to talk about how he felt, well, he felt vulnerable and dumb. If she wanted to hurt him, this is when and how she could do it. But first, he wanted to know what happened. Tell me about your friend, he said, knowing full well that she hadn't met the man before now. His name is Horace. Yes, Horace Pitt, no relation to the actor. He was part of the pack until he and his brother left with Cyrus. His brother is dead. He went out with Cyrus and was killed somehow. His heart saddened. Horace was always a great pup. His was a difficult birth. He was lodged in the birthing canal longer than usual and had some brain damage as a result. His mom loves him, but his father has a hard time looking past the imperfection. He rubbed his forehead. Many in the pack still believe in the survival of the strongest. Horace would have been killed many years ago, but my dad wouldn't allow it. That probably made life even harder for him. When he left with his brother, I hoped for the best. But he's much too thin now. Doesn't look healthy. He's not healthy. Cyrus starves him if he does something wrong. The steering wheel in his hands popped from the tension from his fingers. Easy, big boy, she said. This is the only car I have. I'll buy you a fleet of them, love. Cade got quiet and pensive. I need to do something about my brother. This cannot continue, and he thinks he'd be a good alpha. Alphas don't starve their people on purpose. He couldn't help the growl from his wolf coming up in his chest. I agree. She cleared her throat. Her smell changed to a strange scent. So I've invited him to stay with me. He drew in a deep breath to let her know that was not going to happen. When he looked at her, her eyes were squinted, 
little lines around them. Her lips were squeezed together in a pucker, and lightning flashed in her pupils. He shut his mouth and turned back to the road. He had seen that look on his mother once. It did not end well for his father for several nights. He took deep breaths to expel the anger before he spoke. Calming, he felt much better. Baby, he said, you can't let a strange man live with you. He's harmless, Cade, and he needs a place to stay. I'm getting him away from Cyrus. A sense of pride rolled through him. She was already showing her alpha female traits, taking care of her pack members, but he still didn't like it. How about he lives with me, he said. His mom works at the company and can see him anytime she wants. He didn't think Horace's father would care much either way. I'll ask him what he wants, she said. Why was he with you to begin with? Cyrus ordered him to take me. I had to drive Horace to his truck. Strange. Why would Cyrus want that? Cyrus didn't do anything without a reason. I don't know. Horace was nice after I fed him and very polite. He also took care of his baby sister while his parents worked. He nodded his head up and down, pretending to be okay with what she was going to say next. So I told him he could be our nanny. He tilted his head up calmly, trying to look composed. When she burst into laughter, he was proud of himself. This mate thing maybe wasn't so hard after all. Now, she said, about this whole lying thing. He groaned. He'd spoken too soon. You didn't give me time to explain. How do you get that? Because right after you told me who you were, you spread your beautiful body on the table for me to- Okay, she said, waving her hands in the air. I remember what I did, and yes, I can see how you were distracted. And then we went into the bedroom where you- I said, I remember. Her cheeks turned a lovely shade of rose. He sniffed a touch of her arousal from those memories. Another smell floated around her in minute amounts. He wasn't sure what it was. It wasn't unpleasant, so he didn't worry too much. I know I could have handled it better, but I was surprised and hurt that you didn't want me. The brakes sent both of them against their seat belts while he guided the car off the expressway into a parking lot. He reached over and unsnapped her restraint, then dragged her into his lap, her back to the driver's door. I don't ever want that thought in your head. You are the only one I've wanted since you came out of the woods in front of me. If I didn't want only you, I wouldn't have kissed you. The tear rolling down her cheek nearly killed him, but she smelled happy. She put her arm around his neck and kissed him. God, he loved her. He held her until she patted his chest, and he put her back in the seat, belting her in. Soon thereafter, they were back on the road. Why did you mate me? Vulnerability shone in her eyes. Because the moment I saw you, 
I knew you were the woman for me. There would be no one else for me or my wolf. A disbelieving frown marred her face. Attraction happens all the time between people, she whispered and folded her arms over her chest. This is not just attraction. He ran a hand through his hair. What we have is a connection. Not only am I attracted to your beauty, but you're smart, funny, and the only woman to ever make me feel different. He growled, exasperated that he couldn't explain himself better. She unfolded her arms. Different how? Like I want to spend all my time with you. I want to do things to make you smile because I love to see your smile. And I want to hurt anyone, myself included, for making you cry. His heartbeat ratcheted up in his chest. Her eyes had turned glassy, and he didn't want to hurt her again. I don't want to lose you, Lily. I can wait until you're comfortable spending time together and getting to know each other better. She twined her small fingers with his. A knot formed in his throat when he glanced down at their connected hands. I want you, he replied. I love you, Lily. How can you love me so soon? I don't know. I just know that the mere thought of being away from you makes my heart feel lost and broken. I can't live without you. He had exited the expressway and now pulled into employee parking for Winter's Financial. So, he said, where are we as a couple? I think you're going to pick me up Friday at 7 p.m. and take me to dinner. Fuck, he'd never felt so damn happy. Now I want to get home, she said. I'll talk to you later. He kissed her. Then she changed seats and left. He watched until she was swallowed by traffic. With new life in his step, he went inside and pushed the button for the elevator. When the doors stopped, Donnelly stepped forward, frowning at him. Cade felt bad about how he had left the board meeting and was ready to voice his apologies when the member raised his hand. You got a moment? Donnelly asked. Cade nodded. You need to know what happened after you left. A mix of anger, sorrow, and fear filled the elevator cab. If the board is that bothered, I'll explain what happened. No, Donnelly said. It's worse than that. The two went into Cade's office where, in disbelief, he learned what his brother had said. It's a setup, he said. Cyrus doesn't work at a company. He doesn't work a regular job. Besides his monthly trust fund allowance, I don't know how he gets any money. Thinking back to his mate's words about starving Horace, he figured things were tight. That's not what the board thinks. Donnelly said, I didn't vote to give him authority for our side, but I was outdone. The others were scared shitless, Cade. It was as if they thought the company was going to be destroyed if they didn't immediately do something drastic. Son of a bitch. He didn't know what to think. So, the board wants a merger? 
not to fight for independence? They are a bunch of old wolves who make a great council, the wolf said. But not business savvy in these times. Things have changed a lot in the last 50 years. Cade walked to the wet bar for a bottled water. You want one? He asked Donnelly. The wolf shook his head. Cade, Don said. I fear if Cyrus pulls this off, the board will vote him in as co-CEO. Can't do that, he said. I won't allow it. I'm aware of how Cyrus leads his men, and no one would be happy. It will be impossible to work with him. Donnelly shrugged. I'm just telling you what I saw. We're having another meeting in two days with Cyrus and the lawyers to come up with our planned response to Bank Corps. Are you saying that I need to be prepared to vacate my alpha position in a few days? Fury at what Cyrus was trying to do bit at him. Don't worry about it. I resign as of right now. He sprang from his chair behind his desk. Cade. No, Donnelly. If they think they can do better with my brother, then I'm going to let them. Perhaps my father and I have coddled them too long. The sun is shiniest after rain. I don't think it's ever rained at Winter's Financial. In the exterior hall, Cade took the stairs down to the lobby. Throwing the door open, he saw Horace running through the front entrance with a bleeding and unconscious Lily draped in his arms. Chapter 18 Cold wind whirled her hair around her shoulders as she moved from the passenger seat of her car to the driver's side. Something inside her didn't want her to leave Cade. She wanted to stay close to him. It was more than merely missing him the past few days. It was a strange longing from somewhere deep inside. She glanced up at the building as he headed inside. She pulled into traffic, which wasn't too heavy being after lunch. Suddenly, her vision turned blurry and heat licked at her skin. What the hell was wrong with her? Her sick feelings had subsided on the way home, but now they were back with a vengeance as if someone had lit a match under her skin. The fever raged through her. Beads of sweat crowded her upper lip and chin. Holy crap. She'd never heard of the flu doing this to anyone. What if having sex with a werewolf made a woman sick? The burning on her skin intensified. She screamed and tore at the wool coat. The material felt rough and constricting against her flesh. Screeching tires made her look up. In her mad dash to disrobe, she'd missed the red light and drove into the intersection. In her peripheral vision, she saw a truck headed directly for her driver's door. Then pain pierced her left side from shoulder to foot. Her body felt squished between rocks, the air forced from her lungs. Alpha mate? She glanced up. The crunched car door lay torn open, barely dangling on a hinge. A blurry Horace stared at her with concern. I got you, Alpha. She opened her mouth to speak, but her answer was cut off by a low, pain-filled moan and the need to strip off every piece of clothing. What the hell was going on? She shook her head, and the pain was enough to turn her world to dark. 
She felt herself laid on a cushy surface and then rocked as the vehicle she was in moved. Lily woke to her head bouncing and the vehicle stopped at an incline. Her body was lifted and every muscle in her ached as if they were being stretched taut. It's okay, Alpha Mate, you'll be fine. The Alpha will help you. His voice sounded farther and farther away, like it would if she were underwater. Did he say someone named Alpha was coming to help her? Whoever that was better hurry the hell up. She was in a whole mess of pain. A sense of being called made her jerk her gaze around, but all she saw was blurry insides of a building and nobody else. Everything in her sight swam out of focus. She breathed deeply, hoping the sick feeling of vertigo would stop, hoping the increasing muscle pains would diminish, but they didn't. She dropped to the ground on her hands and knees and shut her eyes, groaning in pain. Her mind focused solely on calming the burning in her skin. That's when she saw it. A beautiful golden wolf inside her mind. The animal cocked its head and walked tentatively toward her. She stared at the wolf. Mesmerized, she took in the beauty of the animal. Sleek-limbed and thick-coated, the golden fur shone brighter the closer the wolf came. Standing stock still, she watched the wolf walk around her, assessing her before it brushed its tail on her legs. Like a velvet blanket, she felt the soft fur under her skin. Don't fight it, Lily. She heard Cade's voice in the distance, but was still staring at the wolf circling her. Fight what? She wanted to ask, but the animal held her attention. She stopped in front of Lily, pushed her muzzle on her hand, and rubbed. Lily smiled. The wolf clearly wanted to be petted. She ran her hand into the thick golden fur over and over again. After a moment, the wolf was no longer next to her. It vanished. She snapped her eyes open and looked up from the ground. Cade sat on the floor next to her, running a hand down her back. You're beautiful. A yip was all that came out when she tried to tell him that was not enough to gain her forgiveness. Icy shock froze the blood in her veins. Did she just bark? She glanced down and almost fainted when she saw paws. Shit, she'd turned into a werewolf. Damn it, she'd forgotten to ask him about this on the way back from dropping off Horace. The bastard had turned her and hadn't said anything? Plus, he didn't think to ask for her permission. I'm sorry, Lily. I should have told you sooner that when we mated, I also turned you into my kind. She growled and moved away from him. No shit. She was a fucking wolf, for cripe's sake. And he was sorry? She was going to chew his well-rounded ass off. She glanced at the ground. Tattered pieces of her work clothes lay all over the place. She didn't even remember tearing the material off. So how did she get back to her non-furry human body? It's easy, my love. He crouched before her and grabbed her muzzle in his hands. I want you to picture the wolf again. Closing her eyes, she visualized the golden wolf 
and the animal reappeared, winding her way through Lily's legs. In the background, Lily heard bones pop and shift. Her body felt as though she'd pulled all her muscles taut in a pathetic attempt at a full workout. After a moment, the wolf stalked off. When she opened her eyes again, Cade held her face in his hands. She was on her hands and knees on the ground, completely naked. Ready to scream bloody murder, she opened her mouth, but quickly shut it when a warm blanket covered her body. Her body was no longer hers alone. The strange connection she'd formed with the creature moments before strengthened with each passing second. She glanced around but didn't see anyone. Just Cade. Where's Horace? I sent him to move his truck off the steps to the entrance. You only needed me for your first shift. The arrogant bastard still thought it was that simple. You bit me. She turned on him. Gripping the blanket with one hand, she poked him in the chest. You knew I was going to be stripping at some point and sprouting fur out my ass. She poked him again, her voice a low growl. But you didn't bother to tell me. The fact she sort of knew because of Horace was beside the point. Lily, I tried to be there, but you told me you didn't want to see me, and I- When she snarled, he quickly closed his mouth. It's a damn good thing Horace was there, even though he should have been at my home by then. Aggression she'd never possessed before made her see red. The wolf was angry because Lily was hurt. Not physically so much, but emotions were transferred between the two apparently. She felt the push of fur under her flesh and had to push the animal's dominant urges back. No, my little wolf, I'm in charge of this body. She reined the animal back and took a deep breath. Once she no longer wanted to chew Cade's ass and spit it out, she glanced at him. He was watching her with those sexy, glowing gray eyes. A switch went off inside her, and she became instantly wet. The animal that had been ready to gnaw at him for hurting her feelings was now panting inside her and begging for a touch. Good God, she had a wolf whore in her body. He sniffed and closed the distance between them. Grabbing her by the arms, he hauled her into him. Their lips meshed in a scorching hot kiss that curled her toes and turned her brain to mush. She let go of the blanket, and the front fluttered open, held up by only his hands on her arms. She stroked her hands up his dress shirt and into his hair. Soft strands caressed her fingers. He slid his hands to her back, pulling her flush against him, the blanket now bunched at her waist. He grabbed her ass and rocked his erection into the juncture of her thighs. Oh, God. Let's go. He drew away from her, rearranged the blanket, and dragged her toward the elevator. Wait. She stopped at the double glass doors, just inside the entrance. What if someone sees me? She glanced around the lobby, but didn't see anyone. He pulled her behind a set of thick, intertwined columns that hid them from the lobby entrance. No one will see. I promise, Lily. He caressed her face with his warm hand. Their animal side must run at higher body temperatures. He stroked her jaw, down her neck, 
and cupped her breast over the blanket. The wolf inside panted, urging her to move closer in his arms. A little skank. Hard concrete met her back when he pushed her against a wall. Please, Kate, she whimpered. She released the blanket, and he sucked her tight nipple into his hot mouth. Liquid heat dripped down her legs. He growled on her tit. His hand kneaded and held her breast to his mouth. The other traveled down her stomach, between her thighs, and dipped into her sex. He released her nipple with a pop. Fuck, baby. You're soaking wet and hot, he groaned. Cade, please, fuck me. She grabbed the bar of his cock over his suit pants and squeezed. He moaned. Their gazes met and held, desire growing and speaking for them. The heat in his glowing eyes sent electrical currents down to her pussy. She unbuckled his pants and slid his zipper down. His cock, hard and hot, sprang free. She curled her fingers around his smooth, heated flesh. I need you. He jerked in her hand, his shaft sliding in her grip. In a blur of movement, he lifted her in his arms, joined their lips together in a flaming kiss, and she wound her legs around his hips. One quick, hard thrust, and he buried himself balls deep inside her. Oh, God, she moaned with each hard glide of his cock into her quivering flesh. Hanging on, she dug her nails into his shoulders and wiggled. He pounded her in a repetitious tango of thrusting and withdrawing that created a blazing fire in her womb. He jackhammered his cock into her over and over again. She shuddered, releasing a new flood of moisture. He dropped his head and licked her shoulder. She groaned, tore at the buttons keeping her from doing the same, and mewled in satisfaction when she felt hot skin under her palms. He continued to fuck her furiously, pushing her toward orgasm with a power she'd never experienced. She inhaled the man and the animal. Her pussy clenched around his cock, making him groan. Yes, baby. He whispered the words by her ear, his deep, raspy voice adding to the arousal riding her. Lowering her head, she sniffed his jaw, down his neck, and to the bend of his shoulder. The pulse at his throat beat in a rapid tempo of need. His cock jerked in her pussy when she licked his flesh. His scent, wild animal, sex, and musky man, called to the animal inside her. Mine, she growled. Without a second's hesitation, she bit down on his shoulder, breaking skin. He fucked her harder, rougher, and with such a desperate edge, she splintered. She let go of his shoulder and screamed. He growled low, his canines embedding in her flesh. Hot semen coated the neck of her womb and filled her with his essence. They stared at each other for a moment. Cade rubbed her lips with his in a soft kiss. She was still breathless when he lowered her to stand on her feet. Both of her legs buckled, and she almost fell over. 
He held her for a moment, his grin wide. He covered her with the blanket again and guided her into an open elevator. When a security man showed up, she lowered her gaze. Heat crowded her face, and she wondered if the man had seen them having sex. Cade must have sensed her discomfort, because he tried to pacify her while hugging her to his side. He only gets paid to notice anything that's dangerous. Yeah, she snorted, because seeing us having sex is definitely not worth noting. He shrugged when they entered the elevator. She was going to kill him. Chapter 19 Cade watched his mate walk toward him. She lifted curious brows as she glanced around the penthouse. He wondered what she thought of his living arrangements. Nerves twisted his stomach in knots. He'd never cared what a woman thought until now. Even when he'd been engaged to Linda, he hadn't worried over her likes. It was a given that with his money, Lily would live comfortably and in luxury. He knew now that wealth didn't faze her. He was more concerned about her rejecting him because he had money. How fucking ironic. Can I get something to wear? She asked, after having looked around for a while. Absolutely. He rushed to his bedroom and got her a crimson silk robe. She stared at the material in his hands and frowned. Whose is that? Yours. I bought some things for you in case you changed your mind, he admitted. She glanced up at him. Her eyes softened, and a small smile curled her full lips. Thank you. He wasn't even embarrassed that her words made him so happy. Finally, he'd done something right. She dropped the blanket and slipped her arms into the robe he held open for her. Then his phone rang and he cursed to himself. He would have let it go to voicemail, but with Cyrus showing up everywhere, he didn't want to take a chance on something being very wrong. The phone's screen ID'd the caller as Kevin. Hey, Cade said, where are you? Outside your door, Kevin replied. Cade's brows drew down. Come in then. There's a bit of a problem. Seems Forrest Gump is blocking the way. A growl came from the enforcer. Lily spun around and shouted, don't you touch him or I'll have your balls for breakfast. Cade kept his laugh low. You heard her. She opened the door a crack and spoke to Horace quietly. Does he look safe? She asked. Cade couldn't see Horace's face, but he could imagine what the two were cooking up. Poor Kevin. After this, Cade would have to up his personal bodyguard's pay if he wanted to keep him around. Lily opened the penthouse door and Kevin appeared. She eyed him in his black suit and smiled. You clean up nicely, Kevin. He smiled and glanced down at her body. You seem to have lost your clothes. She blew a raspberry. Who needs clothes anyway? He laughed. If I remember correctly, there was a certain woman who said people in New York did not walk around naked. Her eyes rolled. You would remember that. Cade stood back and watched his mate handle the toughest wolf in the pack. Yeah, well, she must not have met a werewolf on her first shift, 
We tend to tear through pesky things like clothing and underwear and pretty much anything constricting, she sighed. Kevin laughed. Hey, at least you didn't shift somewhere public or we'd be seeing photos of you in the news. She gasped and knew guilt was written all over her face. If the security guard says anything to you about seeing something, tell him we got caught up. Her face blushed more when his enforcer's grin widened. Damn it, Kevin, stop smiling like this is some joke. That poor man saw us having sex. She slapped a hand over her mouth and glared at Cade. This is your fault, you know. I know. He sighed and rubbed the back of his neck with his hand. A year from now, they would all look back on this and laugh, he hoped. A smiling Kevin turned from his mate to scowl at him. I just talked to Donnelly. Why the fuck are you resigning? What? Lily said. You can't resign as Alpha, can you? After telling all he knew, Cade sat back and watched his mate pace. If she weren't careful, she'd be shifting unwillingly. Calm, my love. Don't get so worked up that your wolf wants to take over. Yeah, yeah. She waved him off, fists on her hips. I can't believe this. That's why Cyrus sent Horace with me, to keep you out of the office for him to come in unhindered. How would he have known where you were going to lunch? Kevin asked. He probably followed me from the office and took the opportunity. What does a hostile takeover consist of? Kevin asked him. Lily answered. There are a few ways to go about it, but usually, Stock is purchased or a tender is offered, both of which happened here. Why two options, I'm not sure. I guess they want the company that badly. So with you resigning, Kevin said to him, how does that help? Hell, he didn't know. He was so pissed at the time, he didn't care what the consequences were. Actually, his mate said, that might be a good thing. Why? he asked. What are you thinking? She shook her head. I need to think this through for pitfalls and problems before I say anything. What do you want me to do, Alpha? Kevin asked. Cade blew out a breath. Get more men to watch out for Cyrus. We need to keep an eye on where he goes. Find out who he's working with. Kevin stood and nodded. I'll be a floor below if you need anything. After the enforcer left, Lily looked toward the kitchen and licked her lips. You got any food in this palace? I'm starving. Three seared steaks later, Lily set a trio of plates on the table as he put a slab of meat on each. He wasn't questioning the extra plate, just waited to see what she had planned. Horace, would you please come here? She said. The door quickly opened and he was by her side in a heartbeat. Yes, alpha mate. He glanced at the juicy red meat, and he swallowed hard. Cade understood immediately how Cyrus had treated the wolf. What would you like to drink with dinner? She asked. The wolf's eyes bounced from him to her. You're asking me to eat with you? He stared at the steak again. All of this for me? Lily spun around, tears in her eyes. I'll get you a bottle of water. 
His mate returned with a smile and handed out waters. Cade picked up his knife, ready to cut into the rare meat. She gave him a nod to now eat. After a minute of silent eating, silverware occasionally clinking dishes, Lily laid her napkin in her lap. Horace, I want to thank you for saving me today. I would have been in a bad place without you. She flashed a scowl at Cade. Yes, he had to admit he owed one to the wolf, and then some, but wondered at the man's original intentions. You left in your truck before us. Why were you around here? He asked. Horace may have duped his mate, but not him. Horace kept his eyes down. The alpha mate was real close to her first shift, and I wanted to make sure she was safe. How did you know that? He further questioned. Horace glanced up at him. I smelled it. You didn't? Ah, that was what he smelled. That was something he hadn't experienced before. Was it a human or a shifter smell? Lily asked. Horace thought about that for a moment. My baby sister had a similar scent just before her first shift. So it must have to do with the wolf coming out. Interesting. He learned something new. He'd have to pay more attention to pups coming into their wolves and human mates brought into the pack. Cade's suspicions of Horace still doing Cyrus's bidding washed away. His instincts told him Horace would be one of the most loyal in the pack. The man might not have been the smartest, but he was big and strong. Horace, Cade said, would you like a job in the pack? Startled, their guest looked at him. Do you mean a paying job or just stuff you don't want to do? Lily's hand slapped the table. Her anger hit his nose hard. She excused herself for a moment and left. Horace dropped his fork, his hands shaking. I didn't mean to make the alpha mate angry. Of course, you meant small things that didn't need brains to do. A scream came down the hall. I'm going to kill him, Cade. Brotherly ties be damned. Horace's brows drew down. I'm not your brother. She means Cyrus. She's angry at how you've been treated by my brother. Oh, he said, and went back to eating. Back to that job, Cade said. Lily is quite independent and likes to do things while I work. I worry too much about her and can't focus on what I need to do. Lily came back to the table. She should have just stayed gone. She was going to hate this idea. She'd jumped his ass before, thinking her incapable of taking care of herself. So, Horace, I'd like for you to be her personal bodyguard. Watch over her when I can't. He readied for her to kick him under the table. Her face beamed. That is a great idea, Cade. His own brows lifted. He was thrilled he'd done a second thing right in one day. She turned to Horace. I would like that, on one condition. He bobbed his head. You call me Lily, not Alpha Mate or Ma'am, just my name. His pack member's eyes teared up. 
Lily mumbled, shit, and got up again, sniffling. She came back with a box of tissues and dabbed her eyes. Yes, Alpha, the wolf said. I will give my life to protect the Alpha, Lily, and your pups. She plucked another tissue. Cade smiled. Yes, they would have babies, hopefully several. Good, she said. You can start in two days. Why not tonight? Kate asked. Because after we are done eating, I'd like for him to find his mother and sister and spend the rest of today and all day tomorrow with them. They'll get paid time off. That last sentence offered no argument. Works for me, Cade wisely said. A short time later, Horace finished his meal, and Cade and Lily sent him off with a $200 advance on his first paycheck, which Cade knew his newest employee didn't intend to collect. So, she said, how does the pack view the murder of a dickhead who doesn't deserve to be alive? He smiled, but he wasn't sure if she was joking or not. Chapter 20 Lily was joking, sort of. If she could do anything about the injustice of Cyrus's actions, she would. But that would have to wait. We need to deal with this hostile takeover by Bancor, she said. Cade frowned. I've never dealt with this before. I'm pretty sure the board hasn't either. That's probably why they freaked. Cyrus scared the shit out of them. She rubbed her thumb over the back of his hand soothing herself and hopefully him. There are a few things we can do to stop the takeover, but I don't think Bancor will stop with one failed attempt. Her mate nodded. That would be why they bought all that stock. If the tender was rejected, then they'd have a backup. That was a strange tactic by the other company to use two options before one had proved unsuccessful. Why spend the money if you didn't have to? Then our defense needs to be something that puts a stop to both attacks and any other they might try, she said. When she got up to take dishes to the sink, pressure pushed hard against her skull and her vision tunneled to black. She felt herself falling, but she didn't hit the ground. You'll be fine, baby. She heard Cade speak as if underwater. You just need rest. Lily opened her eyes to sunshine filling the room. She looked around and realized she was in Cade's bedroom. Though the man had money, his taste in decor didn't flaunt it. The furnishings were few, their designs clean with little added extras. Though a bit spartan for her taste, she liked it. Behind one of the two doors in the room, she heard rustling. She breathed deeply and her wolf told her Cade was on the other side of the door. Before she could come up with some devious way to get him back into bed and into her, he stepped out. He wore a traditional black suit, and damn if he didn't cut a gorgeous sight. He was being a tease just standing there smiling at her. She licked her lips, and fire lit up his eyes. He swooped in to kiss her, stealing her breath. Good morning, my love, he said, 
as he tweaked her hardened nipples. She groaned and reached out toward his crotch. He swung his hips away with a small chuckle. Can't yet. The PAC council called a board meeting to discuss the takeover with lawyers. I thought you resigned, she said, though she didn't like the idea of him giving up something he and his family had worked so hard to build. I'm turning it in on paper to them. Works out perfectly with them all there. Why the suit and all that then? She asked. You don't want to deliver it in shorts and flip-flops? He laughed. I never thought about that. Just habit, I guess. How about we go to my place so I can get clothes and my shower stuff? He kissed her again. And we need to take care of your wrecked car and give a police statement. Horace may have saved you from shifting then, but that left us with other crap to deal with. She threw off the covers. Give me a minute and I'll follow you down. She dug around the closet for the same clothes of his that she wore several days ago. Damn, it felt like a month since last weekend. Realizing she had no undergarments or shoes, she slipped on his beach skis, aka size 13 flip-flops, and joined him in the kitchen. Upon seeing her, he nearly spit out his coffee. It's not that bad. She finger-brushed her hair, then patted it down. Her strands were rather wild, the sweatshirt and sweatpants way oversized, and the beach skis were hard to walk in. Okay, maybe it was that bad. But it wasn't like she was going into the meeting. She planned to wait outside. Cade grabbed her around the waist and lifted her. You look stunning. He kissed her, and a flip-flop fell off. She giggled. You ready? Right now? She said. Meeting starts in five minutes. Oh, shit. Yeah, I guess. I'll wait outside the door for you. They took the elevator to the second floor conference room. As soon as they stepped out into the hall, Cade froze. He breathed in deeply, and a growl erupted from his chest. He moved so quickly, he jerked her off her feet. He scooped her into his arms and strode toward the room, the heels of his shoes crashing hard against the floor. As they approached, she heard chaos from the meeting. Cade shoved the door open with his hip and carried her in. The members were out of their chairs, yelling at each other and the two people standing at the other end of the table. She recognized Cyrus, but not the beautiful, thin model standing beside him in a designer power suit. The woman was breathtaking. Cade marched to his brother's side and set her down. Everyone glanced at her and what she wore. The woman slowly ran her eyes over Lily and her perfectly painted lips rose on one side. Model lady leaned toward Cade and kissed him before he had a chance to pull back. If I'd known what you'd end up with for a maid, I might have stayed to save you, she whispered, not too quietly. Lily's wolf jumped to the surface, wanting to shred the bitch. Lily almost let her animal have her way. I would have eventually seen your true self and kicked you out, he growled back, pulling Lily forward and in front of him. Her face heated immediately. This wasn't how she'd planned on meeting the most important people in the pack. Everyone quiet down, Cade called out. When things settled, he glowered at the female. 
Why are you here, Linda? Lily quietly gasped. This was Cade's ex-fiance? Holy shit. Lily had nothing, and she meant nothing, on the woman. In fact, Lily really wished the earth would open and swallow her whole. Cyrus stepped forward. If I may, and pushed Cade to the side to address the table. Let me introduce you to Mrs. Sam Coke. His widow? One of the board members said. Well, Cade said, went after a big fish, didn't you? She lifted her chin. You are nothing compared to Coke Enterprises. Got your board position there? Cade asked. And then some. Now I'll get my position here. Cyrus handed out pamphlets to the members, the last one to Cade. Not if we vote you down. Linda smiled, perfect bright white teeth. Too late. Lily took the pamphlet and flipped through it. She understood what Linda meant. These were final documents, signed by Cyrus as authorized company representative. She turned toward Cade. I thought they appointed Cyrus as a spokesperson, not an official dealmaker. What? Cade looked at the page she held open. He snatched it from her. Cyrus, what the fuck is this? You do not have power of attorney or anything else to do this. I was voted in for such. No, you weren't, Nathaniel said. You were meant to be our puppet, our representative to run messages between both sides. I believe you said to make introductions. Cyrus smirked, typing on his phone. He held it up and for them all to hear. She heard, we voted for you to take care of this in our interests. Nathaniel stood. That is taken out of context. And why would you record our meeting, Cyrus, if not for nefarious reasons? Linda waved her hand through the air. It doesn't matter. The deed is done. I own Winter's Financial. I will run it into the ground, sell off the assets, and leave this pack with nothing. Linda turned her sights on Cade. You refused me a position on the council as the alpha mate. Now you're all fired except one. At four this afternoon, I'm calling the first meeting with the new members I have appointed. Decide who that one person is and make sure they're here. She slung her white Hermes ostrich purse on her shoulder and strolled out, Cyrus behind her. When the door closed, the room remained silent before bursting into a riot of screaming. Linda was right about one thing. Most of these board members weren't made to be corporate executives. Only one defense could save them now, and it was a long shot. A long, long shot. She whispered into Cade's ear, how much money do you personally have with inheritance, stock, and everything? His eyes widened, then he looked away. I'm not sure. Around one or two billion. Most is in the market. That might work. I think you need to stay and discuss who should be the one to be on the new board. She smiled. Dear mate, may I borrow the car?
He was hesitant before he reached into his pocket. Which one? She rolled her eyes. This normally would be a strike against him, but he wasn't a snob about it, so she let it go this time. I don't care. Anyone. Horace isn't with you yet. Her heart warmed to how much he cared for her. I might not need it, but just in case. She held her hand out, and a key fob with a horse fell onto her palm. Where's the key? There is no key. You push a button. Oh, God, she was in way over her head. Oh, he whispered. There's no gear shifter either. There are buttons too. Well, shit, maybe she'd walk home. I have an idea that might work. I emphasize might. What's the password and code to your bank account? He rattled off the numbers without hesitation for her. She kissed his cheek, then spoke louder to get over the din of the panicked board members. Wish me luck. See you this afternoon. She walked out of the room without a single glance from the board. Lily sat behind Cade's home office desk and typed in her access code to her bank's network. She filled in form after form, printing sheet upon sheet. Time for a phone call to the richest man she'd ever talked to. This is Lily Winters, Cade's wife and business partner. May I speak with Gossand? One moment, please, the receptionist said. She felt giggly inside. May I speak with Gossand? Like she freaking knew the guy. Having a little clout wasn't too bad. Mrs. Winters, a deep voice said. It's nice to meet you. Would you be interested in a business proposition? Chapter 21. Cade dropped his head into his hands. What a fucking disaster. After looking through the packet, he understood how Linda pulled off the scheme. He imagined that this had only been possible after Cousin Coke passed away. Cade wondered how long Linda had been planning this. She struck like a rattler, deadly and fast. The tender Cyrus showed up with the other day was all bullshit. He just needed to get the board to say the words he needed. There was no way that recording would stand up in court. His resignation remained folded in his inner jacket pocket. Seemed like right now, everyone was unemployed. His coat and tie taken off hours ago. He longed to go to his mate. Fuck all this bullshit. He needed her. All the years spent with his father as a shadow learning how to run a corporation. All the growing pains, sleepless nights worried over payroll, market downturns. They had pulled through it all to come to an end at the hands of one of the pack. The bitch had stated her goal, to run the company into the ground. What about his people? Almost every employee was from his pack. That's what happened when you put all your wolves in one basket. He glanced at his watch. Almost four, and they hadn't even left for lunch. Okay, everyone, we're running out of time he called out. Who are we keeping to feed to the lions? He got a few chuckles. Poor Nathaniel looked like he would have a heart attack. 
If the man hadn't been a wolf and in excellent health, he'd make the older guy go to the emergency room. Nathaniel and Mabel, and occasionally Donnelly, were the only ones to speak during meetings. The other seven voted, but added little. But now, they were eager to contribute their voice. Four o'clock on the dot, the conference room door opened, and in walked Linda, followed by Cyrus and a horde of others. The new board. They looked young, not a single backbone among them. Cyrus called out to one of the kids. Yes, Alpha? Cade was on his feet immediately. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I am the Alpha of the pack here. Linda sneered at him. Not anymore. Part of the takeover includes the pack. He now realized his brother's whole reason for playing along with Linda. Control of the pack. No, Cade said. The company and pack are separate entities. I negotiated both in the best interest of the pack. Cyrus kept Linda between himself and Cade. Didn't matter. His wolf exploded out of his human form, leaping onto the table and sliding toward the newcomers. They scattered, fear in their eyes. Linda and Cyrus stepped back, Linda now behind Cyrus. She said, you two end this. Then she pushed Cyrus at him. If not for his brother's fast reflexes, the fight would have been over before it began. Cyrus escaped the snap of Cade's teeth around his neck by a hair's breadth. In seconds, his brother's wolf stood on the floor. Cade launched from the table, tipping it over on its side, startling the old board, causing them to spring against the wall. The brothers circled each other in the open space, teeth bared. This should have been done a long time ago to avoid any ambiguity. He never wanted to hurt Cyrus, even when they were pups but now the man had dragged it out of him. Cyrus struck first, mouth open, maws interlocking with his. Up on their hind legs, front paws clawed at each other's chest. They pulled back. Cade snapped his jaws and swung his back end around to slam into Cyrus, shoving them both to the ground. Cade jumped back onto his feet, leaning on Cyrus to keep him on his back in submission. His brother swiped, opening a gash along Cade's side. Back on his feet, Cyrus pulled his lips back and sidestepped. Cade studied his opponent, looking for a weak spot or opening. Extending his neck, Cade wrapped his muzzle around Cyrus's. His brother tore away, leaving slashes welling with blood. Both panted heavily, tongues hanging out. Cade felt the warm wetness along his side. It wasn't bad, his organs were still inside his body. Both lunged, jaws open. Cade turned sideways, getting his front legs on the other wolf's shoulder and pushed him over. He dropped onto his brother's exposed stomach, holding him there. He bit a paw coming close to his face. Cyrus rolled onto his side, but Cade's larger wolf kept him pinned. With his brother unable to move, he wrapped his teeth around his sibling's throat. He bit down just enough to warn his brother to submit. Cyrus rolled onto his back, and Cade released the downed wolf. 
Cade padded around Cyrus to make sure the wolf didn't try to attack again, putting everyone in front of him. His brother needed to shift first. Cade! Lily pushed through the crowd, then ran to him. At the same moment she came forward, Cyrus, between him and his mate, leapt to his feet and charged her. Lily ran for the elevator, breathless from hightailing it through the garage. She'd apologize for the tiny ding on the fancy car later. Oh, and she couldn't forget the small dent on the fender where she accidentally hit a blue metal mailbox. Then there was the small depression at the front where she hit the parking garage wall. But that wasn't her fault. Cade failed to tell her that when the gas pedal was pushed even a teeny tiny bit, the damn car shot forward. Her Corolla wasn't near as touchy as his Bugatti. She paced in the elevator during the ride to the second floor. The papers in the folder in her hand served a dual purpose. And without the universe on her side, she would have never pulled it off. It was the only way to save the company. And in the process, it saved her fellow bank employees. Stepping out of the elevator, she heard what sounded like dogs fighting in the conference room. Several people stood outside the door, tiptoeing to see inside. She shoved her way through the crowd to see two wolves in the middle of the room. The one she knew to be Cade had blood dripping off his side. Panic ripped through her, seeing her mate injured. Nothing but getting to him registered, including the good news that she wanted to share. As she left the gathering behind, she barely noticed the other wolf that had been lying on the floor. Whoever he was didn't look hurt. Then the face of that wolf turned toward her. Death and hatred shone in his eyes. The wolf lunged at her before she comprehended what was happening. Then, from the corner of her vision, another dark mass raced at her. Cade stood behind the murderous animal, so she had no idea who else was coming for her. She threw herself backwards as teeth the size of her fingers aimed for her face. As she sucked in air to scream, the dark wolf flew in from the side, mouth open, and slammed into her would-be killer. Lily heard a crunch, and both wolves crashed and rolled. She fell to the ground, eyes glued to the assassin and her savior. Cade had his arms around her in a blink. Still, she couldn't look away from the duo. One stood and shook its head. The other didn't move, its head lying at a strange angle. The living wolf shifted, and then Horace stood over the dead animal. Tears poured down his face, and he kicked the dead creature. Then he kicked it again and again. Lily didn't need Cade to tell her who the deceased wolf was, but he did. She simply nodded, letting the abused Horace get the rest of his revenge. Not one word was said until a female sigh pissed her off. Well, Cade, Linda said, guess you're still Alpha. She waved her hand in the air. Doesn't matter, I'm still owner of this company. Oh, right, Lily said, getting to her feet. She straightened her skirt and jacket. Yes, Linda, you own Winters Financial, but Cade and I own Bancor, plus whatever companies you purchase. Linda let out a screeching laugh. Thought you might say that. 
Lily said as she pulled out her phone. She dialed a number and pushed the speaker icon. Gus and Coke? Gus and Lily here, long time no see. He chuckled. You made it back in record time. She sure did. Fortunately, there weren't any cops on the expressway as she flew toward Winters. Lily continued. Gossand, you've met your deceased cousin's wife, Linda. She's here with me. She glanced at the female whose face was ghostly white. Yes, he replied. Never liked the woman. That's another reason I sold bank corps to you, Lily. Gasps floated around the room. We should go to dinner. Invite your husband and we'll open a couple bottles of good whiskey. Sounds like fun, Gossand. Thanks. She was ready to push the disconnect icon, but Coke Enterprises' CEO's voice started. Oh, Cade, would you do me a favor? Sure thing, Mr. Coke, her mate replied, his brows high with curiosity. Would you detain Linda until the FBI arrives to collect her? Wire fraud and embezzlement are frowned upon here. Several stepped toward the woman, none of them happy with her. Not a problem. I think we got that under control already, Cade said. Marvelous. See you next week. Chapter 22 After the mess in the meeting room was cleaned and the surviving furniture put back in place, Lily headed up to the penthouse with Horace dressed in Cade's clothes. Once again, I owe you my life, she said. If you hadn't gone against my wishes to visit your family all day, I wouldn't be here now. It's my first real job. I couldn't wait to start. His smile brought back her faith in the world. Outside the door, she kissed him on the cheek. I'm glad you're here. Would you like to come in? Oh, no, he replied. I have to watch for the bad guys out here, but I will join you for dinner again. Lily smiled. You got it. We might do delivery tonight. Busy day. She walked inside and saw Cade with two glass tumblers. Hello there, beautiful lady. He handed her a glass. Have we met before? I don't think I've ever seen you in anything but my clothes. She put her hand out to shake his. I'm Cade's mate, Liliana Rojas. CEO and co-owner of Bankcore. She couldn't help the grin that spread across her face. Nice to meet you. Nicer to meet you, he said, rubbing against her, then suddenly stopped. Yeah, about that, love, her mate said. How are we owners of a huge bank in one day? Well, working for a bank myself, my boss agreed to loan me several million dollars that'll come out of my trust fund. It's not my whole trust, but it's what your liquid assets didn't cover to buy the business. I didn't want to tamper with your stock and other investments. You spent all your money to save our company? She shrugged. And a lot of your money. That's fine, as long as you don't dump me for being poor. You're still a billionaire, Cade and that strike against you is removed. Plus, I didn't really spend any money. What? He asked, 
looking at her with surprise. She grinned. Gossand is a wonderful man. After we talked about Linda, he volunteered to let me buy Bancor at market price and is willing to buy it back at the same dollar amount, minus Winter's Financial. He's really not interested in owning your business. He told me that his cousin's death was suspicious. He wanted to take the woman down. Well, shit, he chuckled. There's something you don't see every day. For the next week, you and I are in debt for millions of dollars. She nodded with a grin. Several millions, but we have a great relationship with our new bank, which happens to be my job. We, you and I, are a large account that will need several employees to keep us happy. Cade laughed. My love, you are absolutely amazing. And part owner of Winter's Financial. I think it's time to change up some things to bring you all into this century. Agreed. Lily downed the scotch, coughed, then stepped into his arms. I don't know how a drive to a family wedding end up with me being chased by naked wolves, turning into a wolf, and owning the second largest banking institution in America. She choked out a watery laugh. But I also found myself attached to the first man who has made me feel special. She grinned. Yes, the sex has been amazing in its own right. She rolled her eyes when he chuckled. But more than that, I feel like we connected. Something about you feels perfect for me. His jaw clenched, and the instantaneous need to pacify him filled her. I love you, Cade. She squeaked when he squeezed her into a tight hug. Thank God, he whispered into her hair. Are you sure? He asked a second later, his voice filled with doubt. She pulled back so she could look him in the eyes. Yes, I am so sure there's no mistaking this. I don't know why and I won't question it. I just know that I want to be with you. She grinned. Mate. He kissed her then a soft, sexy lock of lips and melding of tongues. The ever-present arousal spiked inside her. Not for long. Hmm? What was he talking about? She and her wolf were ready for another round of hot sex with their mate. Don't think I didn't catch when Gossand said to bring your husband for dinner. I thought about making that the truth before we do eat out. I want you to marry me, he said between kisses. She shoved him back. Haven't you learned anything? She shook her head at him. You don't tell me you want to marry me. You ask me to marry you. She pointed to the floor. On your knees, wolfman. He dropped to his knees, grabbing one of her hands in his much bigger one. He shoved his other hand in his pocket and drew out a velvet box. When he opened it, she lost the air in her lungs. A beautiful, antique solitaire sat in the center of the blue, satin-cushioned box. 
After taking the ring out, he glanced up at her. Were you walking around with that thing in your pocket this whole time? She gaped at him in stunned surprise. No. When we got back from the cabins, I called a jeweler. He smiled softly, in case you changed your mind. Her heart melted. Even though she'd told him she didn't want to see him again, he'd still gotten her a ring. She cleared her throat. So, ask me already. Lily, will you make me the happiest wolfman in the world and marry me? She dropped down to her own knees in front of him. Yes, I will. She allowed him to slip the thin band on her ring finger and smiled. There are just two conditions. He frowned. Anything. No more lying or kidnapping women on the highway. I don't share well with others, she growled, pulling him toward her. He chuckled, grabbed her waist, and hugged her. No problem. Those are conditions I'm more than happy to meet. I will never lie to you, he promised right before he kissed her. Their lips and bodies rubbed together once again. He stood, helped her up, and then lifted her in his arms. Mmm, she moaned and licked his neck. Let's go see how sturdy the bed here is. Oh, it's solid, he promised as he stepped toward the bedroom. Then maybe we can tie your ass to the frame this time, she giggled. Not a chance, sweetheart. Fine, I'll let you tie me up again, she laughed. But you must make it worth my while this time. Oh, I intend to, he promised, lowering her to the bed. Let's see how loud you can scream my name. He chuckled and tugged at the sash tied at her waist. She felt something in her pocket and pulled out the key fob. He smiled. How did you like the car? Fun, huh? She set it aside. I'll tell you after you scream my name. Epilogue. So what did you give them? Lily asked. She smiled when Cade twirled her in his arms at the wedding reception for Shay and Brandon. The second wedding reception. The couple decided to have a new one to include their maid of honor and new best man. We gave them a trip away from civilization. She grinned at his thoughtfulness and at his use of the word we. He shook his head. I can see they need it. She's very good at playing the guilt card and making everyone do what she wants. How does she do that? Lily laughed. Beats me. I'm her best friend and I still can't figure that out. They swayed to the soft sounds of Oldie's love songs. Should we tell them? He whispered, smiling down at her. She glanced toward Shay and Brandon and grinned. Shaylene's belly was growing at super fast speed and Brandon looked haggard from trying to keep up with all her cravings. No, this is their day. Besides, Aunt Patty would have a cow if she saw my ring and realized I got married and didn't invite anyone. 
Not anyone. Brandon and Shailene were there. My old friend Rush and your girlfriend Alina were there, along with most of my pack. It was a spur of the moment. True. She glanced at her Shay and Brandon. Poor Brandon. I think he's exhausted. It's hard to keep up with a feisty mate. Besides, we did say we'll have a big first anniversary celebration to make up for it. She nodded and giggled when he tightened his hold on her and licked her neck. Stop that, people are watching. Fine, but tonight is your turn to play hostage. She licked her lips and ran a finger down his scar. Does that mean I get to be tied up again? Mm-hmm. There might be some spanking, too, but only if you're bad. Closing the dancing decency distance between them, she rubbed her silk-clad body over his and pulled his head down toward her. Oh, I can be bad, baby, she whispered. I can be real bad. She licked the shell of his ear and bit the lobe. He growled, lifted his head, and kissed her. Then he grabbed her hand and hauled her toward the entrance. Where are we going? She tried to keep up in the high heels, but started falling behind. To our room where you can be real bad. I think you enjoy being bad way too much. Not that I'm complaining. He stopped when he realized he was dragging her. He picked her up in his arms and carried her. She curled her arms around his neck and waved her goodbyes when she passed Shay and Brandon. The couple chuckled when they saw Cade rush out with her in his arms. She eyed Shailene's belly and smiled. Sometime in the future, she thought. But right now, she planned on playing a bad captive to her wolfman. And he really enjoyed it when she was bad. This has been Winter's Captive by Millie Taden. Read for you by Kit Swan. We're back. Hey. Hey. Okay, so Kay Webster has a new release out today. It is called Hidden Truths. We all love Kay Webster. She... She writes that good, good stuff. Slightly taboo. <laughs> Extra dirty. Always dirty. Yep, the dirty, dirty. Uh-huh. And Millie Tayden, she has a release called The Fae King that you should definitely pick up. It's the Crystal Kingdom series. Fae King is the first one in that series, and I think the second one is also out now. So um, all those links will be in the episode description, and I'll try and post them. We'll, we'll be posting them around, obviously, on social media. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Read Me Romance. You can go to readmeromance.com, enter the giveaway, and click all of Millie's books. We'll have the links there all in one place. I think that's about it for, for this week. We won't be here next week, but we'll be back on December 2nd with Abby Knox, which is she's, is the book called Dr. Dave or Dr. Dave? Yeah. Dr. Dave. Is, that it? is it Dr. Dave? Is it's right? Dr. Oh, D, or? D, Dr. Dan or Dave. <laughs> Something, yeah, it's fun. It's a D. I think it's. I think it's Doctor Day. I think it's Doctor Day, but it's gonna be really sexy. Uh, Leah knows what it's about. Yeah, it's like a um a call in radio host, and the girls on there. So I'm super excited about that. I love Abby. She lives in my hometown or my the town that I live in now. She lives here with me, so I may try to like I don't know interview or ask her questions or something. I don't know. I'm gonna somehow. 
give her anxiety is what I'm saying. <laughs> you should do it. We'll she's do already one so of the nervous episodes. about her. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's super nervous about her week on the podcast. I don't know why, but she is. Before I forget, Mel has made us some ugly Christmas sweaters. So be sure and check out our Instagram or our Read Me Romance headquarters Facebook group for those links to get your ugly romance Christmas sweaters. They're the, she sent us the pictures and they are just, I, I can't adorable. with how fucking amazing they are. They're so adorable. Like they're, they're terrible and wonderful all at once. And I can't <laughs> wait to wear them every single day. <laughs> so be sure and check that out. Awesome. Oh, and to, oh, sorry. And today is November 22nd. It is the last day for you to enter our Elfster Secret Santa Swap. So it's the Lady Listener Secret Santa. Go to elfster.com. Enter. Um, the link is in, again, it's in our Facebook group, Reading Romance Headquarters. Enter in, and we're going to do random drawings um, today. So you're going to see everybody gets their pick tonight. So make sure you enter. Today's the last day. It's the 22nd. Awesome. That's it. Tell them what to do, Leah. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. 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 Read me romance, read, read me romance.